And welcome to episode 373 of Geeksters. I'm your host, Ed. And I am your host, Sean. Hi, Ed. Hi, Sean. Welcome to the show. Oh, thanks. Thanks for having me. (laughs) (laughs) So, so how was your week? Uh, you know, it was, it was, I, I fell down a rabbit hole, uh, again, oh, <laughs> and, uh, it started out with a documentary and then it went from there, but I'm going to play a sound for you and see if this like, sparks any memories for you. Okay. Uh, hopefully hope this I works. Hear it. Let's, let's hope this works. Are you ready? Uh huh. Did you hear it? <laughs> I heard it. Okay. <laughs> um, it sounded like. The okay, back in the day when there was a special on NBC, there was a peacock, and the peacock opened up its tail and it to present itself, and I think that was the sound of the peacock's tail opening. No, no. Damn, I wasn't even close. <laughs> it was back in the day, so you were so you were semi close. <laughs> I started off good. Um, <laughs> I thought I thought you had it. I was like, oh, really? Wow. Um, yeah, this one this one was a little bit tough one. Um, it's something that we've heard since we were kids, uh, especially in the eighties. That was like that was more of an eighties sound. There was different variations of this. It's the filmation uh, logo that would play before oh. all the cartoons and TV shows. Back in the eighties, actually starting the sixties, really fifties, fifties and sixties to the eighties, almost to, up to the nineties, uh, would play, and that was the most like when we were kids, like of the like the era of, of the day that you would hear like almost before every cartoon, and it was like okay. you know, so that kind of started my little journey into you know different uh, uh, documentaries uh, and stuff, and because uh, it started off with uh, He Man and the Masters of the Universe. I saw this documentary and I was I was kind of curious. It's the power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Um, okay. And I watched it and it gave you basically like how it started. Like it's really started as a toy and the popularity of the toy was so much that you know they had to bring it to, you know they want to bring uh, uh, to the masses and that back then like every toy pretty much every show that they had was a commercial for a toy. You know, type of thing, and like right. this is the reverse. This is the first time the toy came out before the show did. You know, in in terms of the of the history of it, and the, the like, the characters were already popular, and they just it just grew from there. And they they had to make a show for this, and that's why they 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 had this uh, the show Man He Man the Musters Universe, and then it went into the, the movie, the old eighties movie, the eighty six I think right. it was. Um, so it was it's interesting. I mean, it's it's it, it was an interesting. Um, documentary of course though it it branched me off into various uh, uh more documentaries on youtube itself um there was um uh, about filmation and one thing that i always thought of especially when i started cord cutting because that was the one thing i kept looking for on my own as as time went on was they should make a film at filmation like channel or app uh that plays nothing but filmation I would actually, okay. like, I would buy like I would pay five bucks a month just to just to watch it because there was a lot of cartoons like when I was a kid that I watched like I'm 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 buying like I I I'm buying these cartoons and stuff and picking them up and all I mean you know like you should make a Hanna Barbera one and have that you know like those type of things because there's a lot of uh, cartoons I'm sure you would watch you know and sure. so on but uh, but uh, the the I'm trying to find them here real quick as as I'm talking to you at the same time uh, but 
it was interesting because it was um it talked about the, the Lou Shiver who was one of the uh, uh producers of the show and he used to be silly one of the founders of the company and apparently he was like the nicest guy in the world because that's all they really much talked about like how nice of a guy he was and how great he was to work for and how he was a, a good boss um you know so if you could find any especially on youtube they like say it's free you could look it up i highly enjoyed it i mean it, i mean if you're of my age enjoy those cartoons and maybe won't like it but i mean it was it was interesting to see because it like it kind of started out they started they made all like the superman and the uh, super friends shows from like the 60s and 80s, 70s and 80s and the flash and batman and robin like all those animated shows back in the day Right, yeah, they're the ones that made those. So I mean, that's the that's kind of like like where like I got a deep history. So I was kind of looking into that those histories and stuff. It was it was kind of interesting. I mean, I mean it's, it's not like like oh you got to see this. It's, it was definitely great. It was awesome. It was fun to watch. You know, it was you know it was forty minutes. It was a forty minute uh, documentary about it, and it was it was it was interesting to watch to 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 see. So I you know I recommend it if you you know have nothing else to do or you want you know burn like in forty minutes to an hour of your time. And there you go. Um, I also got two major surprises. Um, <laughs> this, this this yesterday actually, <laughs> one <Okay>. you told <laughs> me about. <laughs> I, <am>. oh. <laughs> I, 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 we both are looking for deals and stuff like that, especially on Voodoo. And the other day, I saw that. Um, it might have been Friday or Saturday. I forget which day it was. That I actually saw this. But they had sales for Wonder Woman, the seventies Wonder Woman, a sixty-six Batman for twenty bucks a piece, the complete series right. for both of them. You know, so it's twenty dollars each. And I was like, oh, I know Sean would love, you know, um, especially the Wonder Woman. I mean, you know, because we we keep talking about you know, buying it, you know, and then maybe buying it on Blu-ray. I'm thinking, oh, this would be perfect. It's twenty dollars. It wouldn't be, you know, much of a a uh, 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 a purchase for you to make so it'd be easy so i was like oh when i talk to you on sunday you know i think i'll talk to you on sunday and all blah blah, blah. well you text me it so happens that you looked and found it as well and you texted me but you mentioned the fact that well i know you already have the 66 batman and i'm thinking i don't have that digitally and then i like as i read it again and again i'm thinking oh wait a minute is do i have a digital copy when i bought the, the when i got the box set Yes, when you got the box set, you got the digital copy of it. Well, my my box set's now buried behind a lot of <laughs> lot of uh, Blu-rays that I own now of Disney because I was I was collecting Disney, and I have to I have to build my racks because it was the other thing I was working on this week was I was trying to find uh, more DVD racks or, or Blu-ray racks to to you know house my uh, collection to where I got to the point where now I'm going to actually build shelves. I've, uh, there's a lot of collectors out there. They're showing you how to build these shelves. They're very cheap. It'll cost me like twenty some bucks to, to, to for the material, you know. And it's just a lot of drilling and, and you know and 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 mounting. And then once that's all done, it's it, it it's it, it's very inexpensive. It really it's like it's like I could do that, you know. So uh, I just got to get one more tool. Uh, I need to get a circular saw. When I get that, I'll be able to uh, do that. But anyway, um, so. I, I'm skipping ahead, unfortunately. I, I apologize. So last night I was really surprised, and and I found it. Now, of course, when I opened the when I opened it up last night, it said expired November of 2017, and I'm like, yeah, I don't necessarily. Buy, sometimes I don't think. I think it's like while supplies last. That that yeah. 
and it's like it's digital so it's like how does it expire you know like they, but they but they, like yeah they go through flicksters which flicksters doesn't even exist anymore or it, it does it doesn't doesn't do the digital coding anymore uh, uh part of it. i think their website's right. still active for to buy movies and stuff um but i was able to do it through voodoo i you know there was a there was a you know you just look it up and there's a guy he'll explain it to you how to do it and bing bang boom it was it was there so i was excited you know um but earlier around the same time actually um i've been watching because like i said i've also watched a lot of collectors uh on youtube about collecting and i'm gonna give a shout out to this gentleman he's the goy hunter and he he lives in california and he collects dvds and he talks about going to dollar tree a lot and you know buying dollar dvd and blu-rays and and his collection, he gets looks pretty pretty large, uh, substantial collection. Um, so I meant he's he, and he's just starting out, so he's only got like a few hundred followers. So if you go and subscribe, you know, make his day. Said Ed Ed from Geekster sent you, you know, I'm you know, because <laughs> I told him I would plug it. Um, the reason why I mentioned this is because um, I've been watching his videos now. He always he's only been doing this for a few months. So he's really just starting out. He's brand new doing this, and he's he does a giveaway at the end of the episode and oh, okay. so friday night i'm watching it and you know it was like you know like i in 24 hours all you have to do is you know like and subscribe and you know if, if you know put in the comments you know i i'm in and you know and i will random there will be a randomizer that will select the you know the winning you know type of thing so if you know for ha-has i'm like all right you know I mean, what, what, you know, I'm probably not going to make it, whatever. You know, I'll just put it in because I, I'm, I'm finding him entertaining. So I'm at least going to give him a shout out going, hey, I find you entertaining, you know, and enjoying your, your sure videos, you, can, you know. Give him props. So he says, you know, in 24 hours, I'll pick it. Now, he actually puts a video out the next day, that night. You know, it's been 24 hours and he has a randomizer. It's, it's an iPad or something like that or a tablet of some kind. He hits a button. And guess, well, you know, obviously, if I'm telling you the story, <laughs> guess who won? <laughs> I did. So thank you. So I was like, I was all thrilled. And I'm like, and he's like, contact me on Instagram. And I'm like, well, you know, why I have an Instagram account? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm the creator. I'm like, all right. Uh, but I, luckily I do. I, we, I created one because we were, we have an Instagram actually for geeksters, um, uh, that was created a long time ago and uh, we, we rarely use it. Um, if you if people are now looking on Instagram for our, our thing, you know, you'll see how old it is. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, was, I, so I contacted him and he got back to me and I told him I'd give him a shout out, you know, just to say, Hey, you know, like, sure. You know, and I, I say, so, you know, like I said, if, if you're watching videos and you, you know, you want to see cheap, you know, where to find dollar DVDs and all and what's, what's coming out. I mean, that's, that's what I always look for is just like, like it's to save me the trip to going to the store and finding the adventure. I'm like, I'm like I don't want to waste my time at a Dollar Tree. Let me right. let me find out what's going on. So sure enough, because actually that's the whole shelf story. He was the one that he his his family was building shelves, and I, I was like watching them do it. I'm like I could do that. That's that's pretty easy. And then I saw other people doing it. But that's how I got to like felt, stumbled onto his channel, uh, looking oh, okay. you know, and all that. Uh, but I was like, I'm excited. So when when it comes in, I, I I know what I'm getting, but I'm going to save that for when it comes in, and I'll do a reveal during and then you know a show when it comes when it comes in the mail. So I have to wait for it to come in. So I, I don't know, it might be a couple weeks, but uh, when it does, I'll let you know. Um, 
And then I, I, I picked up a couple things this week online. Uh, I, I couldn't resist. One was 20 bucks. So it was like, you know, um, Thunderback, Thundercats, the complete series. Um, I was a fan of the show when I was a kid. I haven't seen it since, so I don't know if it's <laughs> held up or not. Um, okay. But uh, so it was like 20 bucks. And then I like the obscure superhero movies, um, you know, as part of my collection. And this one I haven't seen, but everybody raves about it. Everybody talks about it. And I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to get it. And it's one of the two superhero movies that nobody really talks about much anymore. Or, you know, it was like, like they came and it's called super with uh rain Wilson and, um, um, uh, Ellen Nathan page Fillion. and Nathan Fillion and Nathan Fillion. Yes. And Kevin Bacon <laughs> and Liv Tyler. You want to get the whole the whole uh, main st- right. uh, cast there, but uh, yeah. So there was there's another one called Su- uh, uh, Defendor with uh, Woody Harrelson. Okay, that's been on my radar, but at that one, I'm having a hard time either finding a good copy or um, uh, uh, an American copy, I should say, or, or something that I can actually play. So, uh, but uh, I did pick okay. up Super, so I'm excited about that. I'll watch it uh, one day, hopefully this week, and, and maybe give you a review next week. But uh, so that was the that was the gist of my week. I think um, I'm trying to think. Uh, like I said, I spent a lot of times on documentaries and stuff like that, and there was a few of them on on uh, uh, filmation. Um, but uh, you know, like I said, it was it was one of those things in my time that you know when I was a kid, I I enjoyed watching those. Uh, shows and uh, you know you, I, I can go through a list. I, won't, I can't. I don't have to pull up the list, but if you know if I could pull up the list real quick, I would go through it. And there would be a, there would be a few that you've seen, and you go, oh okay, you know, and you know, but sure, uh, like uh, the Island of Misfit Toys, right? Um, um, they're Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Um, let's see if I could think. There's a couple other ones. Um, the it was there was one where Santa took a holiday of some sort. Did, decided not. You're to. without Santa Claus. I don't. Are they all filmation? Yes. I don't know. I think so. I always thought so. You know, heat miser, cold miser. That that's those guys. I, I know what you're talking about, but I, I don't remember them being filmation uh, uh, properties. Uh. Oh. Maybe not. Okay, filmation. No, those were the claymation ones. <laughs> claymation. Claymation. Um, I think. I think Frosty the Snowman. Let me see if I can find a list of stuff. Oh, here we go. List of produced. <laughs> so let's see. I'm going to skip over the '60s stuff here because it's all well. The new adventures of Superman. Uh, that's how okay. they kind of got their start uh, uh, with CBS. Um, and then the adventures of Superboy, and this is in the late sixties, okay. both the sixties and seventies, and then the Superman Aquaman of uh, Hour of Adventure, is, uh, another one. Oh, okay, and it had like okay. most of the, some of the Justice League in there. Uh, the Archie Show, uh, Batman Superman Hour. This is like sixty eight to sixty nine. Like I said these are all in the late sixties, early seventies. The Adventures of Batman. Um, okay. The Archie Comic Hour with Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Uh, the Hardy Boys. And uh, that was from the 60s. Now the 70s is... Um, I'm just going to kind of skip over. Star Trek, the animated series was a filmation. I remember that. Yeah, okay. Shazam from 74 to 76. Um, skipping over some of this stuff. Um, there was some live action stuff too. There was the Arc 2. Uh, Space Academy. 
so many memory over those. Um, the Batman Tarzan Adventure Hour with Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle, and the New Adventures of Batman. Um, let's see here, I'm trying to find some more. Because when I think, because when I think Cape Crusader, if it needs immediately followed up with Tarzan, that's <laughs> exactly right. Uh, the New Adventures of Mighty Mouse, the New Adventures of Flash Gordon from 1970 to 80. Uh, Batman and the Super 7, uh, which is uh, nobody, none of the actual uh, superheroes. <laughs> it's a, another group. Uh, Black Star was another one. I don't know if you remember that one or not. Probably not. Um, nope. The Tarzan Lone Ranger Zorro Adventure Hour. Uh, Gilligan's Planet. He-Man's and the Masters of the Universe. The Adventures of Fat Albert and, Co- and the Cosby Kids. Uh, Shira, Princess of Power, Ghostbusters, uh, and there goes more Brave Star, and uh, that's the uh, thing. Now okay. TV specials. Let's see here if I can try to find. Uh, yeah, none of none of the um, yeah the only Christmas one they have is the uh, He Man and Shira a Christmas special. So it wasn't those claymation ones. So, but that's the okay. that's the you know. Except there's a long list of uh, shows, but they're, they're the ones that probably stand out the most in uh, geek culture, I think. So, okay. But uh, So that was All pretty right. much my week. How was your week? Um, I also fell down a rabbit hole. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, documentaries as well. Oh. Believe it or not, weirdly enough, um, as we know, we talked last week, I cut the cord officially. Oh, you did actually. Um, okay. Yes, officially we are officially cord cutted, cutted cord, cutted cord. Um, yeah. So, um, and like I said last week, I haven't even really hasn't affected my life in any way, shape, or form. Believe it or not, <laughs> I now realize how little television I actually watch and how much shit I actually do watch. Like, as far as like, okay, I'll watch a movie or whatever. I don't. It's, regular TV has kind of fallen by the wayside. I never really realized it until it's not an option. Because mm-hmm. when it's not an option, you're like, oh, I don't really miss it at all. So a part of me is just like, uh, it was like a, a revelation, um, so to speak. Um, but what I do is because I was going, because I have a Voodoo account and uh, like we, like you talked about at the start of the show, I was looking for deals and stuff. I saw earlier in the week two documentaries on comedy special documentaries hmm. um the first one is called can we take a joke now these are the free these are free on if you look at voodoo they have free entertainment hmm. usually it's like gonna fill like it's a movie you might have to, you might have to put up with maybe like an ad halfway through a movie um or like the beginning of a movie middle of the movie close like there's like usually two or three spots it's like having commercials but not really because instead of spending two and a half minutes watching commercials it's like 30 seconds maybe a minute it's not hmm. that big of a deal you know, um, but the first one I came across was "Can We Take a Joke?" It's a documentary on. Um, it was in 2016, and it has the likes of Gilbert Godfrey, Penn Jillette, Lisa Lapinelli, Jim Norton, Adam Carolla, and uh, a bunch of other comics. And they they talk about they detail outrage culture's stifling impact on stand-up comedy and the exchange of ideals. So it was that was I felt that was very very informative and kind of fun, like watching like comics kind of saying like yeah the here's a line and it's our job to push that line but also know like okay that line isn't there anymore kind of mm-hmm. thing it, it was interesting and then the other one I, I found it was one that I was always looking to watch and it was free also Misery Loves Comedy 
Okay. <laughs> it's a uh, Kevin Pollock, the actor. He's starred in um, Usual Suspects, and he's been. Uh, if you look, he's got a laundry list of of movies that he's been in. But he's also a stand up comic at one point in time. He got together like he got together like Jimmy Fallon, John Favreau, uh, William H Macy, Christopher Guest, Tom Hanks, Sam Rockwell, Larry, like a whole bunch of a name comics. Amy Schumer, Lewis Black. Are in the basically the question is are all comedians miserable? Because they always say like you know comics. The reason why comics are so funny is because they're miserable, horrible people. Mm-hmm. So he sits down with a bunch of people and asks them like, "Are you miserable? Are you does does what drives your comedy? Like what is it? Do does misery love com- like comedy? Like is every comic are they? Do they have? Do you have to come from pain in order to be a good stand-up comic? You know, because um, there's, you know, a lot of stand-up comics deal with more personal. They're the best comics to me are always ones kind of who talk a little, who add a little bit of personal life into their routine, as well as not just observational humor. Mm-hmm. Um, so they kind of sit down. He sits down and, and kind of asks. It was fascinating to see the people. Like talk like Matthew Perry, Penn Jillette's also in it, Mark Marin, Janine Garofalo, um, Whoopi Goldberg. It's like all these people who are like pretty famous and they talk about like going, well, this is why I think like and it, it starts off like, well, where how were you funny? When did you realize you want to be a comic? It went through like a like a hey, uh, who's who of comedy and stand up and and finding about like what were you like as a child did you come from a broken home how were you were you picked on in school like you know getting behind like the thoughts of of who was happy who was miserable i'm not going to spoil it because it was fascinating i Mm. i really i felt those were the two things that i i was like well i should talk about that on the show like at least comment about it because i also saw a real shitty movie this week and like you, since I did contact you, we'll talk about my – since we're in the voodoo realm. I went to Walmart the other day and I bought um, Smokey and the Bandit, which you're thinking, well, don't you already have that? I probably do. But it's, it was a 40th <laughs> anniversary edition and in the movie came an extra movie called The Bandit. And it's a documentary about Burt Reynolds and his best friend Hal Needham. You know how they met and how they made all these great movies together in the seventies and maybe early eighties. Mm-hmm. And along with buying it a voodoo it was like seven bucks. It came with a digital copy of it. I'm like, awesome! I don't think I have a digital copy of Smokey and the Bandit. Awesome, great. Buy it, bring it home, and it's like, oh, well, you need to. There should be a code on the voodoo on the, the code for your digital movie prints out in the receipt. It's not printed out in the receipt, so now I have to contact Voodoo. And in the process of contacting Voodoo, they tell me how to, you know, I got to send them some information. But the guy was kind enough to give me a $5.99 credit on my account because I'm such a good customer, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, thanks. I appreciate that, you know? And now let me go see what you got because I'm going to spend that $5.99 right now. <laughs> see what kind of $4.99 deals you got and, and, and going on. And then when I turned it on, I saw that it was a DC flash sale and it was. Uh, the whole series of Wonder Woman for twenty bucks, the Batman sixty six series for twenty bucks, and more importantly, I thought it was the Smallville whole complete series for fifty dollars. Yeah, that's ten seasons worth of Smallville. That's ten dollars a season. No, five dollars a season. Huh? Five dollars a season. Right, and on top of that, like outside of this sale, it's usually like 
close to like two hundred dollars for the set to buy. Like that's a massive savings. Ha- if I had you know that kind of money, I probably would have bought it. But I was like, all I had was like a six dollar credit. So I'm like, I'm not gonna knock you know <laughs> knocking sixty bucks off a fifty dollar thing. I'm like, as tempting as that was, I was like, no, because I'd rather get the Wonder Woman instead of paying twenty bucks for. It, I want to pay fifteen for it. You know, and I'm like, and I started watching it last night, and the quality is really good because it's a it's a high def version. Well, not a high def. It's they they cleaned it up and they remastered it, so it looks really really clear. Like if you if you've seen the Batman '66 and how good that looks digitally, the Wonder Woman looks just as good digitally, and you know it's clean. I was like, wow, this is nice, you know. But I and then I I saw and I that's why I text you because I'm like, okay, well I know. Because I knew you had the same Batman set I do. And I'm like, well, I know he has that digitally because I have it digitally. It's how I got it. <laughs> so that's why I contacted you. I was like, well, who might be interested in the Wonder Woman one at least? Because I don't, I don't think you were much of a small, Smallville fan. But, I mean, $20 oh. for 60 episodes of Wonder Woman from, you know, the 1970s? Linda Carter? Like, the, you know, the one, the at the time, only Wonder Woman. Yeah. You know, I'm like, for 20 bucks, that's totally worth it. Oh, yeah. So, I, 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 that's what I bought last night, um, but but I, I saw... go back to so just the small bill real quick. I was like, I, I watched it. I was a, I was a fan, but I always right. remember like calling my brother like after the show and like complain about it. And we would go, we we would we we would go <laughs> back and forth because it's like, oh, that that plot line was terrible. That was weak. That uh, you know, and then it's like, all right, we watch it next week. It's not like it's it's we complained about it, but it's not like we didn't watch it. Like we were we were constantly still watching that show, and it was like it was wasn't until like the last few seasons because at that point I think I moved and my you know like you you have your pattern of doing things in in life you know when watching shows and stuff like that or what you're doing whatever you're doing and all of a sudden like like uh since i moved into the house like like i was watching smallville like it just disappeared off my radar for some reason something happened i I, I watched every episode smallville was that show that um because for a while it was supernatural and i think supernatural and smallville kind of followed one after another Mm -hmm. where it was small and I, my mom was a was a huge Superman fan, and I used to come over to the house. So me, her, and my sister used to watch Smallville together, like as if as it was like a family, almost a family time type thing. And I was like, so to me, there was a there's a sentimentality of wanting to get because I have it on DVD, um, the set on DVD, but. I was like, well, I don't have. It was way before it came with digital copy because there was no even no even Blu-ray. I don't think there was no Blu-ray version of the show at the time. Mm-hmm. And I remember buying the whole complete set series when it came out. You know, and I was like, had if maybe put it this way, maybe if I want to say I don't know how long that sale is. It's probably over now, but like maybe next week, oh. maybe I'd probably pick that up if it's still fifty bucks just because it was such a good show and it does bring back such really good memories of me my sister and my mom all being together watching the TV like it I, and now I also understand too like you were never really going to see him in the suit but I mean as I mean I'm going to say this I'm, I still to this day believe that Michael Rosenbaum plays the best Lex Luthor of all time like I, I, just, I maybe because he had so many years to develop the character it's not like a two hour movie right but I really thought that he to me for me really made the show because it, it it was very teen angsty and it was very like you know high it's it's a high school drama and you're never going to see 
Clark in the suit, but he had all his powers. It was like an, almost like an origin story set in like a teenage drama high school thing, and it was it was it was entertaining to me. I there was not once when I was like, that's not what Brainiac is supposed to look like, you know. <laughs> Mr. Mitzelplick is a Russian kid. Nah, come on. Like it, it was. But to me, it was. It was just a fun, you know, moment. I also like too how at the time it was revolutionary because it brought in um, Christopher Reeves as as a, like like a Kryptonian expert, and it, he they pulled in like you know and character the. Actors who have been around Superman for a very long time into the show at one point, like it was, it was basically the Berlanti verse before the Berlanti verse, like before Arrow and Flash did it, Smallville did it, right? You know, and it, to me, it was like it's, it's, and I don't know how long that sale's going to run, but if it's, you know, I'm, I might have to circle back like later this week just to see, yeah. Um, but, but the movie I saw that was crappy, yeah, Terminator Dark Fate. Really? Oh, uh, whew, I, I'm gonna say just because you can do a movie doesn't mean you should do a movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I watched it, and because I was I was interested, I wasn't interested in it seeing it in theaters because I like Arnold Schwarzenegger, but I I prefer you know his earlier stuff as far as action movies go. Um. Linda Hamilton, who hasn't really been in a bunch of movies since the Terminator movies, it was nice to see her back. But this was kind of a a soft reboot of the series that really wasn't needed. I, I felt like um, how much how much do you want me to get into it? How how much do you want me to spoil it? Uh, you can spoil you can uh, I don't know because uh, boy that's a tough one. Yeah, you, you can spoil because. I, I, I do want to see it because I am curious, but I haven't seen the last two. I don't even know. It's like I've seen the first three movies, one, two, and three. Well, weirdly enough, take three, four, take all – this one technically is a sequel to Terminator 2. Okay. The reason why is because James, James Cameron is the one who partly wrote the screenplay. But you know who else wrote the screenplay, Ed? No. David S. Goyer. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where the failure came in. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know because I feel like I know Cameron got into some problem, not problems. He, he felt like um, some of the female heroines were not appropriate. Like he felt like he did it better. Like that, that movies, his, his, um, how can I put it? He was having a, I can't remember him having a shitty time with superhero movies, um, especially feminine superhero movies. He just didn't. He felt like he kind of cornered the market for whatever reason. Okay. Um, and I felt like this movie. I'm gonna try to be nice about it because I feel like I knew where they were coming from. They re first ten minutes of the movie they kill off John Connor as a kid. <laughs> Okay, because cause they couldn't get really Edward for Eddie Furlong, because but they got, I guess the nice because they also made like a younger Linda Hamilton in for these scenes, and also kind of sort of uh, almost a digital stand-in for Arnie. Um, but they kill off Edward Furlong's character like after the events of Terminator Two. They're in like Mexico, and he Eddie gets 
killed shotgun to the chest by a, a, an Arnold looking Terminator. And of course that sends her spiraling kind of like, Oh my God. And, and then cut to, because you're in Mexico, um, a girl and a brother. And then there's the female hero, the, the female hero of the story. Right. Like I um, think of what was the guy's name in the first movie? Um, Michael Bean plays, um, oh, yeah, yeah. Kyle, Reese, Reese, Kyle Reese. Um, there is a girl lands the Kyle Reese of the of the team. She is the girl you see on the cover. The short blonde hair uh, looks very. Uh, she looks very masculine. Very masculine is the best way I can put it. She's okay. kind of skinny, short hair, buff in a way, but also very doesn't very mannish looking. And I don't mean that in like it's, it sounds horrible, but it's the best way I can describe her. Um, if you look at the cover right now, if you look at the movie poster, you're going to go, oh, oh, okay. And then there's um, another a dude, Lance, too, like of obviously just like the first movie, um, except it's a, a guy. He's skinny. He kind of reminds me more of, of Robert Patrick's Terminator. He's thin, very agile, has a liquid metal type of thing, because why not? You can do that now. Right. Um, and the girl is she's here to save a Mexican girl. And apparently she's important. And and the reason why Arnold Schwarzenegger and Linda, Linda Hamilton's in it is like as this blonde is running around, I, this, I forget her name. I should really look this up so I can give you names. Um, she's running around saving this, this the, the Mexican girl. And Linda Hamilton happens to show up and helps kind of sort of saves them. Mm-hmm. You're not really sure how she knows. And you find out that she's been getting these radio signals of a time and a place of where a Terminator is going to be. And she shows up to terminate the Terminator kind of because out of, and every time she gets these coordinates, it always says for John at the end. So clearly someone knows about her son, blah, 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 blah. So she's showing up and she's killing all these Terminators. So she shows up, rescues um, – It's uh, the girl's name's Grace, the, mm-hmm. the one from the future. And the girl she's protecting is Danny, Danny uh, Ramos. Okay. okay? Um, so Linda Hamilton, Sarah Connor, is basically kind of sort of saves these two um, by, by not necessarily – by slowing down a Terminator. You know, you can't really kill them. You just mm-hmm. slow them down. Um, you find out that Linda Hamilton has basically, like, she talks about Skynet and how she saves billions of people and it never happened. But then, you know, these Terminators are still popping up because apparently, according to the, according to lore now, not only did they send back, they instead of sending back one Terminator, they sent about a bunch of Terminators during the course of time. And even though after the events of Terminator 2 prevented the future, all those terminators that came from the future back in the past were still technically activated and they were hunting down her and John this whole time, which is when someone when one of the terminators came across them and killed John. See where I'm going with that? Okay. All right. So even though you changed the timeline, anybody who came from the future into the past, they didn't just disappear. They were still around with their, again, I'm assuming their original programming, you know, so all those Arnold Schwarzeneggers that were sent back in time to try to stop John Connor, you know, were still out there. 
so that cuts to the Arnie clone shooting John Connor, kid John Connor, in the chest and walking away because she couldn't find him afterwards. Um, with me? Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. Okay. I'm, like, I'm, like... I'm going to be honest. I felt like watching this movie, I thought the acting was shitty. I thought the plot was basically so what you did was you took away John Connor and you saved the future. But technically you didn't because there was another company that rose up out of the ashes and the same shit happened. They just happened to same look like the exact same Terminators. Um, and, and you're just like, oh, you wanted to – I felt it was very Ghostbusters about it. I felt like it was, okay, we're going to reboot the series with women this time and because that's what – to show that we're – you know we're going to redo stuff with women instead, hoping that it's going to stick the landing. But this time, instead of not like how Ghostbusters didn't have the original characters to help blend it in together to make it a cohesive story, we're going to have the two original people in this to make it a cohesive story. Because Arnold Schwarzenegger pops up, surprise, he's not the Terminator that saved John Connor in the second movie. He's the Terminator that killed John Connor in this movie. <laughs> but he's in it as the here as a hero in the story because of something that happens to him after he kills John Connor which I'm not going to spoil it because I looked at it and I, I'm watching this going really like I most of the time I just kind of sat there going okay why 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 was this movie made like, I just felt like you're like, we're going to reboot the series. We're going to have a female lead. Um, the girl that's Danny is going to be the John Connor of the story now. And Grace comes back in time to save Danny from the Terminator. Because Danny's the one that's going to lead the revolution in the future. <sighs> so. Sarah is not even part of this story technically anymore. Neither is Arnie, the T-800. I I'm like, oh, okay. Why is Arnold Schwarzenegger even here? Because he doesn't... He's not the Terminator from the first... The, the, well, from T-2. I am no because, longer the know, governator. <laughs> right. I need to so, make you know, money. He, he kills himself at the end. You know? So you're like, okay, well... And it's not the it's not the Arnie from the last movie because it's it doesn't take place in that timeline. I'm like, who? What are you guys doing here? And I really did feel like it was like a cheap knockoff of the first movie, and except with female leads. And we're gonna have the people who were in the first movie to help sell this one as a reboot. And I'll be honest, it was it was a mess. I, I I just kind of looked at it and I was like, you gotta be kidding me! Like <laughs> it was, I, I I like I said I wanted to see it because it's part of the term. I'm a fan of the Terminator series, and all this movie did was made me miss the first Terminator and Terminator Two <laughs> because all the other ones have been kind of shitty, you know. So for me, it was oh well, like. I, it made me want to go back and watch T two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was it was it was pretty bad. 
I I don't know how people. I don't know what people thought, what people liked about it. Like I can't even, for a life of me, think. Like, was there a positive review in that movie at all? Because it really, after I got done watching it, the war. You know what? The, I felt like my time was stolen from me, to be quite honest, because I watched this movie starting, I think, like at two o'clock in the morning, and I wound up. It, it wound up being like a two-hour movie, and at, at one point, I forgot that I started this movie so late. And I look at the time, and it's like three o'clock in the morning, and there's an hour left, and I'm like shit what do I do <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I don't want to continue I don't want to stop it go to bed and finish it tomorrow because it's going to be a waste of time I should just finish take my lumps like in a man sit there watch the movie finish the movie go to bed at 4 in the morning and wake up and pretend like it never happened <laughs> like, pretend it was all like a bad dream well, it's and the, that's what I wound up doing you don't want to stop it because you know, you, you know, it's just like I, and then you gotta I gotta pick this up like at a later date and it's just like ah, I don't want to do that like I'd rather just get this over with right like, now. I, thought about it. I was like you know what just, just let's the band-aid's half off let's rip it off just finish it up and just kind of because now I'm kind of curious how it's going to end and, and I don't think at that point I don't even think Arnold Schwarzenegger even showed up and I'm like Okay, when's he gonna show up? And then I it pieced together like, oh, I know where he's gonna fit in. He's gonna be there. And sure enough, he was there. It wasn't like, it wasn't a, you know, a big surprise when he was gonna pop up. You know, and you're like, oh, and of course there's like this little arrogance of Linda Hamilton's character thinking that Danny was gonna be the mom of the son who who started the revolution. And you're like, no, sorry, we're gonna we're gonna take that away from you, and we're gonna make it she's going to be the leader of the new revolution in the future so all men were not even like you could clearly tell that men were the bad guy in this entire movie <laughs> on purpose <laughs> well it made, it made a profit uh, uh you know barely uh it's, it, it says here the budget here was 185 to 196 million dollars and it made 261.1 million in, uh, in the box office um, Which means it might have broke even with the uh, with the advertising dollars. Pretty much, yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, I mean, I kind of want to see it because I was kind of curious. I'm like, you know, uh, uh, the blonde in the in the in the movie she she was in a she was in a show I watched. It was a halt catch fire on AMC, so I was kind of right. interested because I did like her character in there. I mean, of course. You know, it, it was a character, so I'll be like, yeah, I didn't like it. <laughs> even though this actress was in. Still like it. Well, she, she had a small part in um, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Yeah, very small part, and I liked her part in that too. So I wasn't against. I, I, you know, I, I don't have anything against the actress. I thought that they, the short haircut, and she obviously worked out a lot. She looked very like, like not almost bodybuilderish, and it was really like. And she, spoiler, she's not a robot. She's a human. You know. Okay. But it was like okay sort of it was like I said it just it just felt very forced as a plot and storyline I was like oh you know so yeah <laughs> I saw that I mean look I'm not gonna if you're a fan of the series I feel like you kind of owe it to yourself to watch this one because it is nice to see there's to, to watch Arnold Schwarzenegger and Linda Hamilton interact on screen again as a Terminator and a, you know, like, it very felt very, 
seeing the two of them on screen was great and the two of them were were fun and arnie was arnie he was very robotic and he did i feel like the, this is the one time he actually perfected his bad acting you know because <laughs> it was very robotic and he he had a couple of good one-liners too and i'm not gonna i mean there was a couple of times i chuckled and i was like that's a good one like whoever wrote that line was good who <laughs> wrote the story not so good you know <laughs> <laughs> and then when I was like watching, like I, because that's a couple times I had to like IMDb going, okay, well, where did I see that person from? Or, and then I saw, you know, David S. Goyer. I was like, oh, we talked about him quite often and how he's hit or miss. And I think this was a miss. Like, I don't know if he came in to help punch up the script or if he had the script originally and, you know, maybe James Cameron might have punched it up. I, I, I don't know at this point, but whew, it was, it was. It was a tough pill to swallow, but if, like I said, I mean, to each his own, one man's trash is another man's treasure, so I can't, like, it was entertaining as far as an action movie goes, but as far as a Terminator movie goes, pass. (laughs) (laughs) All right. There, that's, that's, I think that's the only thing I watched uh, over the, I watched Scoob. I saw Scoob. Scoob. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Okay. I don't know. Uh, Stacy kind of chuckled. I don't know if she liked it because I think there were certain things that needed to get checked off. You know, I think she first ten minutes of the movie she was complaining because it plays like an origin story, but it's a modern day origin story and not a hey you guys should have met in the sixties. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm like, because at this point, if that was the case, Scooby would be dead and 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 Shaggy would be a following the dead as an old man <laughs> like uh, you know <laughs> Velma Velma would have left the group Fred and Daphne probably would have been divorced with three kids you know it's just you need it to be like a new story and it, it, it I thought it played well it had good, good chuckles it had a lot of I'm gonna say um, um, the bad guy in the movie was a classic bad guy that I was kind of glad. Like they opened up the Hanna Barbera toy box and got to play with some really good toys and brought some toys into the into the new age. Where I'm like, oh, I really hope they make a movie with this character, and I really hope they make a movie with that character. And there was that they had there was a, a what do you call it um, a video game called um, the Laugh Olympians. Yes, and I'm like. Oh my God! Please tell me they better bring back the Laugh Olympics because I need that in my life. You know, I, I you know, because that was one of my favorite shows. Because you had every, it was like the, it was like the Avengers of cartoons. Yes. You know, <clears throat> so it was like it was it was really nice to see. I I enjoyed it. And I thought it was cute. You know, uh, so I, I I recommend Scoob. I don't really recommend Terminator. Like, <laughs> Dark Fate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. That was my big. Uh, it was my big things. Um, I told you I bought a movie that was Smoking the Bandit, and I bought Wonder Woman. But outside of that, I don't know what's what's coming out. What's coming out, Ed? What's coming out? Let's find out. Yeah. Uh, yes. Deathstroke, Knights and Demons is coming out on Blu-ray, DVD, and digital. So in uh, 4K. Uh, so so this week, I'll keep an eye out for that. Yeah, there you go. Uh, the There is two movies that are getting the 4K treatment. Flash Gordon, a 1980 film, is getting 4K. And Pitch Black, uh, Vin Diesel's first uh, movie with the uh, yeah, it's the one that made him the star. Star, right? So that's that's getting 4K as well. 
And then for uh, TV, we have Batwoman. The complete first series is coming. First season is coming out on Blu-ray, digital, and that's uh, a collector's edition. There you go. <laughs> One season. So we'll, we'll see how that. Uh, that uh, I don't know. I mean, I kind of want to. I, I kind of want to finish the series just to see because I watched like five episodes and I didn't go back and. You know, and I'm thinking I did watch the I did watch season one of Gotham when that came out. Uh, and, you know, I, I forced myself to watch it one day, one night. Um, and then um, so I feel like I should watch the rest of, you know, season one of, of, of Bat, Batwoman. But uh, part of me is like, no, nah, don't do that. <laughs> you should. You know, watch it on the CW app. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I, you know, I was about to say, if, if you, you've uh, you've uh, if you get the CW app, you can watch it all for free. I think. Actually, yeah. now I have to look at it while I'm uh, talking to you just to make sure. Or, you know, it might, well, that's right. CW no longer has to deal with Netflix. <laughs> so, or maybe they do. I don't know. I I know the latest season. I started watching the latest season of um, Legends of Tomorrow. So, which I'm kind of disappointed in. The way I was disappointed in the Flash. Like just. Just seems like that this this final season, these last couple seasons, I haven't been really happy with. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, it looks like every episode is here. Oh, all twenty something of them. Twenty, it looks like twenty okay. episodes. Right, I, I have a, I have a story. I think I pulled the story. Ruby Rose had uh, what do you call it? A, a an interview with someone recently and shed some more light on her leaving. I think I have. I think I pulled it. it to me, it read as bullshit. I'm, I'll let you decide. Okay. <laughs> I'll let the people out there go. She's full of shit. Or uh huh. Good excuse. All right. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see where it lies when we get to round ten. Nerd news. There we go. Uh, let's, let's move on to video games then. Uh, okay. Mortal Shell is coming out. Developer of Cold uh, Symmetry and the publisher is PlayStock Limited for the PS4, Xbox One, and PC, and that's coming out Tuesday. Okay. Uh, Pathfinder Killma- Kingmaker. Uh, the developer is Outlaw Games, or no, I'm sorry, Alcat Games, excuse me, and the publisher is Deep Silver. Deep Silver. Uh, it's for the PS4, Xbox One, and that's on Tuesday. Then we have Battletoads. The developer is uh, DLALA Studios, uh, Rare. And then the publisher is Xbox Studios, and it's coming out for the Xbox One and PC, and that's on Thursday. And Okinawa, Four Rhythms Across the Blue, is for the developer is Nico, Nico Nyan, and the publisher is Nico Nyan. And it's for the PlayStation 4 and the Switch, and that'll be on Friday. Then there is New Super Lucky's Tale. For the developer is Playful, and the Paul for sure is Playful Corp for the PS4 and Xbox One, and that is on Friday. And finally, PGA Tour 2K21. Developer is HB Studios, and the publisher is 2K Sports. That's for the PS4, Xbox One, Switch, Stadia, and PC, and that is on Friday. Yeah, you will probably have my review on it Sunday. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I look, I I was I wasn't sure if it came out on the twenty first, and uh, looking at it, I'm like, okay, I'm glad. Um, I don't know why I have a weird thing. I love golf games. I I don't know why, not a clue. 
And uh, I was, you know, PGA, the last PGA gave golf game, um, Roy McElroy. That was the last golf game that I really enjoyed. They mm-hmm. had this, this other knockoff golf club game that I did, wasn't a big fan of. But uh, new new publisher, guys do NBA 2K. It's like 2K Studios, I think it is. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to it, Ed. All right. <laughs> It's to me, it's, every time you say that, it's still weird. To, still weird and foreign to me to think that you like enjoy those games. Like it's just, it's so bizarre. Like the only thing that I, I, I've said this a couple times was like, like Nintendo had the Outlaw Golf, and I used to enjoy that one because it was always, always fun to watch the characters that you would get to pick at the play the games, and and you know, and, and uh, um. And you just see the, you just your reaction if you miss or if you hit or whatever. It was just kind I, of fun that I, way. I liked Outlaw Golf too. I thought that was, thought it was a great game. Um, it was fun, and I, I like you. I like the wacky characters, and they had some really good un- unlockables. Like after a certain point, you get like so many things. It was it was fun and it was addicting. But when you don't have Outlaw Golf, you, every and then there's Everybody Golf's. I felt that was too cartoony, which mm-hmm. is weird to say. It just it just never really clicked with me for whatever reason and pga was more of a of a golf simulator so to speak back in the day it was tiger woods um and i don't know why just always i guess for me it was like oh i don't i want to play a video game but i don't want to get shot at i don't want to get scared i don't you know like i'll I'll do 18 on the links this weekend (laughs) like i don't know it just was something it was like a relaxing game but again it's like I don't know. It's just, it's hard to describe, Ed. Okay. I'm a, I'm an enigma wrapped in a riddle. There you go. <laughs> so, all right. Well, then uh, let's get to uh, news. All right. Unless you something else you'd like to add, Ed. No, I'm good. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Look, let's be honest. Were you a fan of the DC Universe streaming service? <laughs> I'm going to say no. <laughs> okay. Why do you say that? Because uh, um, their days are numbered. Yeah. Because, <laughs> uh, did I, let's see, I, it started off earlier in the week. I had a, it's looking increasingly like DC Universe streaming service days are numbered. Then I think I have, there was a bunch of layoffs at DC recently um, to the point where they announced that pretty much Jim Lee confirmed all of DC Universe shows are going to HBO Max. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Earlier in the week, this week, uh, the comic industry, book industry was rocked by the layoffs at DC Comic and its streaming service, DC Universe. Um, DC publisher Jim Lee confirmed that he is going to be remain at the company he also told the Hollywood Reporter that the DC Universe originals are migrating over to HBO Max. Um, and this is a quote. The original content that is on DCU is migrating to HBO Max, said Lee. Truthfully, it's, that's the best platform for that content. The amount of content you get, not just DC, but generally from Warner Media, is huge, and it's the best value proposition, if I'm, not, if I'm allowed to use that marketing term. We feel it's the place for that. Uh, however, Lee did indicate that the DC Universe will remain as an online resource for DC Comic Book Library. Um, in regards to this, again, quoting, 
in regards to the community and experience that DCU created and all the backlist content, something like 20,000 to 25,000 different titles, and the way it's connected with fans 24-7, there is always going to be a need for that, he said. Uh, so we're excited to transform it, and we'll have more news on what, we'll, what it will look like. It's definitely not going away. So, it's going away. That's a... <laughs> Now, there was a report that DC has seen an increase, and in, even though they're laying off people, there has been an increase in digital content, you know, their digital media as far as comic books go. So it makes sense that they're going to stick with the DCU. They'll rebrand it. They'll find a way to kind of just say, like, you know, keep it, buy all your digital content. Because if they're, they also canceled a lot of, uh, like, 25% of their books. Like, I heard Aquaman got canceled. Huh. <laughs> like, He's one of the big seven. Yeah. So you're canceling his book? Oh, so clearly that's not selling so hot, but they're also saying, hey, you know, maybe they'll just go to a digital, all digital format, which, you know, it makes it increasingly harder to be a collector of physical media if it's going to be slowly going all to digital. Like, I feel like the day of the collector is almost going to be, you know, you're going to see, what do you do for a living? Oh, I collect this. Oh, you should belong in a museum. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know it. The rest of my shit. Like, I look, I have DVDs. What are DVDs? <laughs> digital video discs? What's that? Is that like digital media? Sort of? <laughs> That's what my Roku's for, right? Yeah. <laughs> or my yeah, smart television. That's what that's for, you know. And uh, yeah, it's 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 scary to th- you know to, to hear this kind of stuff. And I feel bad for all the the people that are losing their jobs. Uh, you know, especially the artists and stuff. I mean, they're gonna they're, they're the ones I think that are, are going to be. Uh, I mean, I, I think they're going to survive. I mean, that's 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 let's face it. I mean, like a lot of the DC and and Marvel people have switched jobs probably like multiple times and drawn. You know, oh, I drew Batman one time, and now I'm drawing, you know, Captain America. You know, and it's just it's it, and it's vice versa, you know, type of thing. So, the the artists will find a way to to uh, survive because, like I said, Marvel, you know, as long as Marvel's still around and and uh, Dark Horse and Image and and so forth. I mean, you're going to have, um, you know, a, a way to do it, you know, kind of thing. I think DC is leading the way, and Warner Brothers is leading the way because they're, you know, they're going. Yeah, you know what? We're not making the money we should be. You know, we think we we need to make. So we're we're gonna just shut it down and just do a digital media. That way, we don't have to go to press, and we're gonna save you know printing and 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 uh, you know we're, we're you know the you know, the kids are still gonna you know because that now now the kids that are reading comic books they they'll do it online. You know, they'll they'll do it through an app or they'll do it through you know a service and you know, you know, through, through a, you know, a tablet or something like that. And that's, that's how they'll get it. And it's just like, you know, and it's, it's a lost art. Cause it's like something that I think when we were kids, you know, how like used to get the ink on our hands, <laughs> you know, the, the, just, you know, to, to, to see the comic. And that was like the, the anticipation of waiting for that next issue to come out of that, you know, uh, particular, uh, you know, superhero that you would, read week after week and uh you know going to the comic book store and all you know and it's just making everybody more socially distant you know at this point you know that's that's i think the other the reason now at this point why they're why they're doing it because they're thinking you know they're not going to as much sales because not many people are going to stores and buying these comic books because they 
don't want to go out, you know, type of things. So right. Digital digital media is the, the way to go. And, uh, you know, and it's just like, well, it just, just added value to my comic book collection. I'll, t- <laughs> I'll tell you I mean, that. Yeah. You know, like, because there is collectors out there that will still buy the old paper comic, you know, because that's something that, you know, now, you know, like people still look for old records. I mean, records came back, you know, because all the, uh, um, uh, millennials they're you know they they you know they want to do the the albums the the you know the uh vinyl records you know they that so so they became right. back you know but some of them some people are looking for the old ones like the old like 60s 70s uh uh, uh style records the albums you know that you could buy right. you know type of thing and and you know so it's like i, I my, my parents have a bunch that you know they has been sitting in a in a um storage thing not storage but uh a a a record holder uh type of thing i'm thinking i could probably put that on ebay (laughs) make a fortune (laughs) yeah over some some of these albums that uh, don't don't exist anymore but uh and that's the that's the thing like like that's the nature nature of this is just that you know you you're shutting down one thing but but there's still collectors out there it doesn't mean that it stopped you know it just it's just it just hindered them in a way, you know, like, like, uh, like us collecting movies, you know, like, uh, you know, right. you know, it's just, it makes it harder now for me to find movies, but it doesn't stop me from collecting movies. You know, I am, I am doing more digital stuff, but I'm still buying physical media because like what, when, like, what if I lose my internet, you know, like, like, like that type of thing. It's sure. like, then, then I won't be able to watch it, you know? And then it's just like, I have the physical that I can put it into a DVD player, a Blu-ray player and watch it you know, and, and, and still, still get, you'd still be entertained, you know, I have thousands of movies right. that I can watch and shows. So that's the, that's the idea. It's just that, you know, it's, I, I don't think, you know, they think it's going to be an end of an error, but I don't, I don't see that at all. You know, I just, I just find it, it's going to be harder to find things until the day that Marvel and image and dark horse and, you know, all the other comic book companies out there shut down completely. And, you can't buy a comic book and comic book stores are closed, you know, and like the last right. places you can go to is like a Barnes and Noble or, you know, or a, uh, uh, you know, some kind of oddity store, you know, that, that has, you know, comic books. Right. Look, Oh, come one on. Come on. Look, we have a thing called a comic book. Ooh, we've heard of comic books. They're all just, no, this is on paper. Oh, oh. back when there were a thing called trees. Ooh. <laughs> but, Ed, there is also, since DC is doing all these layoffs, um, there is also another casualty to all this. DC Direct. They are the ones who make the action figures. Really? Uh-huh. Um, basically, they are um, also victims of the layoff, DC Direct, the company's in-house merchandise and collectible manufacturer. The division has been shuttered after 22 years, which is another move that was rumored when Warner Brothers Consumer Products uh, began taking a more active role in DC merchandising. So... Um, yeah, no more DC Direct action figures, which was weird because I was cleaning out a closet last night and I came across a Harley Quinn um, Arkham Asylum, I think, a Harley Quinn made by DC Direct, and I went, I wonder how much that's worth now. 
because <laughs> was, it was in a bag and the bag is just you know it was in the back of a closet and I was like I pulled it out and I, I'm like what's this oh it's a Harley Quinn DC Direct zoinks <laughs> that might be worth a pretty penny <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm going to have to look and see if I could sell because it's, it's, it's an unsealed it's an unopened product <laughs> um now, in all fairness, though, some people have predicted that the writing on the wall for DC Direct has been around for a while because they haven't had any, there hasn't been any DC Direct solicitations in the last couple months. And the last bit of news came from a toy fair in 2020 when the name change occurred, when there was a name change occur, apparently, when, when the AT&D acquisition took place. DC Collectibles at the time was moved under Warner Brothers Consumer Product Division. Why does it always say whenever a company decides to name something longer, it always seems worse? Um, the oversight was likely to death kneel for the company. Uh, the company could not compete with the likes of McFarlane Toys and Spin Master. Even um, the DC Essentials deceased Wave 1 action figures that came out from DC Direct is nothing compared to what McFarlane Toys is doing, apparently. Um, so... You know, like you're looking at a. Uh... There you go, Ed. So look around, see if you got any. What do you call it? Uh, like um, the company has seen its fair share of success, though. For some of the DC best comic merchandise has come from their hands. Some of their most popular items consist of Batman the animated series line of action figures, Batman the black and white statues, uh, Green Lantern series of action figures, Batman Arkham uh, action figures, and their Green Lantern series of mini busts from the Jeff Johns run. Uh, these items will no doubt continue to rise in value so yeah anyway. look it up kids find out see if you have any of that stuff and you know and uh make sure you uh you know unlay unla- unloaded at a fair price <laughs> yeah a good price um, yeah. all right so i have some more news on the way of casting okay okay um apparently did you know that Disney owns three men and a baby. I guess it was a Fox product, I guess, at this point, right? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. guess so. Because um, apparently they're rebooting it or remaking it. Um, <laughs> okay. For, for those people who don't know, Three Men and a Baby was about three single men who lived a bachelor's life and they were all roommates and they were all pretty successful. And a woman steps into their lives. I think it was, it was Tom Selleck. Ted Danson and Steve Gutenberg were the original three men. Mm-hmm. And in the story, it was Ted Danson. His character had an ex-girlfriend who showed up at their door with a baby saying, I can't do this anymore. You're going to take care of this baby no more. And I'm leaving and kind of dropped the kid. And ben, this was the eighties. I guess it was okay. Like, Hey, I'm going to be a deadbeat mom. Cause you're already a deadbeat dad. Now you're going to take care of the kid. Mm-hmm. I'm out. Um, I do know also Mark the first directorial debut of Leonard Nimoy before, you know, Spock. Um, I think it was one of those movies where he had to prove himself as a director before he could direct Star Trek three. Okay. I think it was Star Trek three. He directed for, um, the first Star Trek movie. Well, Star Trek three was the first Star Trek movie he directed, but I think it was the second movie that he was a fin official director at. And Three Men and a Baby, believe it or not, is actually a remake of a French film. Little FYI. Don't ask how I know. I just know. <laughs> um, um, but, and and in the course of that movie, um, Tom Selleck's character winds up falling in love 
with Ted Danson's ex, who is the baby's mommy. It was a very weird type thing. It was it was it was it was very it was bizarre, and it all worked out in the end. And they actually made a sequel to that called Three Men and a Lady. Three Men and a Little Lady, yep. Yep. Um, but the reason why I'm bringing this up is because since Disney Plus apparently is going to be remaking it, and Zac Efron will star in the remake. Uh, <laughs> the original three men baby starred Tom Selleck, Steve Lindbergh, Ted Danson. Uh, that script back then was written by Jim Kershank. I want to go back. I want to go back though a little bit when you when you start talking about the Leonard Nimoy being the director, and I think he had to prove himself. Well, he, uh-huh. Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock was directed in 1984. Leonard Nimoy directed it. Okay, so and, I got it backwards. And oh, then yeah, Leonard, and, and then Three Men and a Little Lady was or Little Three Men and a Baby was 1987. I apologize, so. Ed. Thank you for correcting me. So I guess they were like, let him let him do a Star Trek film, and it was a popular Star Trek film, and it made money, and that's probably why he got the job as Three Men and a Baby. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so apparently, um, there, there's casting news. Uh-huh. Zac Efron to star in Three Men and a Baby remake for Disney Plus. <laughs> I, I guess Zac Efron's the new ick, ick guy for, for Disney or, 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 you know, well, I mean, he's in a couple other movies other, other than Disney, but, uh, well, I, well, I think, uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll be honest. I, I don't hate the guy. Like you would think that, you know, he's one of those, Actors that started off in High School Musical, but then he was great in Neighbors. He was real funny in Baywatch. Um, he's done some. He he plays Ted Bundy, and in, um, in this Netflix movie, and it is he's really good in it. Like really fucking good in it. And now he's got this um, TV show. I think like Where in the World. I think I think it's called where he travels around the world and looks at like other alternatives to fuel and food and. You know, and he basically is trying to work around, like showing people how the world could be better if we work. Like, hey, look, here's a town that works at all wind power. Kind of, it, it. He seems to be kind of a, a fascinating guy, and I'm like, all right, I, I don't hate the guy. So if someone says, hey, he's going to be in this movie, I'm like, well, he might be able to pull it off. I mean, because he's not a, he's not a horrible actor. Kind of, kind of enjoy either that or because he's worked with people that I like more, like Seth Rogen and The Rock. You know, maybe. <laughs> but I mean, he really, he kind of, I wouldn't have gone, I would never have watched that Ted Bundy movie if it wasn't for him being Ted Bundy. Cause I'm like, he's not really known to be like a serious actor type guy. And I'm like, well, kind of curious. And he really pulled it off. I was like, oh, good job. The, the show's called uh, Human Discoveries. I guess. 2019. Yeah. It's, I'm looking at his IMDb. I mean, you know, I mean, He's, he's an okay actor. I'm not saying like I I hate the guy or you know type of thing. I've seen a couple of things that he was in and you know I enjoyed like the the neighbors uh, movie. I saw that it was, it was funny. Um, you know, um, I kind of want to see Dirty Grandpa. You know, because I think he plays the grandson <laughs> with, <laughs> with with De Niro playing the grandpa. I mean, that's got to be funny in itself just to see that kind of acting. Um, kind of going through this real quick here i mean you know i know they try to see crowd was like a brick on almost like a breakout movie for him uh type of thing of course he did right. the high school musical movies um right you know so you know he's, he's done a lot of stuff you know so you can't you know uh uh 
knock what he does. You, you know, it's a, it's, it's a, you know, he, he's a fine actor. I just, I, you know, it's just like, oh, he did a, he did a bunch of, you know, Disney stuff. I guess he's coming back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but sure, we're not. Um, okay, let's go on to Quentin Tarantino. Okay. The reason why I'm bringing because this is a nerd show. We talk about movies and stuff, and we've talked about a couple times about him wanting to direct a Star Trek movie. Yes. Um, and we've talked we talked about it a couple times, and people are like, okay, well, what kind of Star Trek movie is it going to be? Apparently, it is going to be based on an episode of the classic Star Trek series that takes place largely Earthbound in a 1930s gangster setting. A piece of the action. Yep. Very good, Ed. Look at you, nerd. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It is, it's, it's, um, it's called a piece of the action in which the, it's, wasn't, I'm going to ask, do you know when it aired, Ed? Huh? Huh? When it aired? In the 60s. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't there. (laughs) When it aired. Well, in episode, it was in season two. And it, it was the seventeenth episode of season two, by the way. Okay. And it aired on January twelfth, nineteen sixty-eight. For those people who don't know, who are probably listening, going, "I've never even heard of this episode." Um, the story centered around Captain Kirk and Mister Spock and Doctor McCoy as they beam down to a planet called Li- uh, Leota, where they discover a planetary government patterned after the Chicago gangs of the nineteen twenties. Um. I remember that I was one of the very few, like, hey, they got to see, you got to see Spock in a zoot suit, um, them talent, Tommy guns, you know. Yeah. It was, it was interesting. Um, so I was like, all right, that's, and again, keep in mind, this is something that people are, like, who knows if it's actually going to come to, I, I mean, personally, I would like to see a Quentin Tarantino direct a Star Wars, a Star Trek episode, a Star Trek movie. <laughs> <laughs> directed by Quentin Tarantino, set in the 1930s gangster flick. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in. <laughs> it sounds, it sounds so ridiculous that it actually might be good. <laughs> it, that's the but thing. God. Like, like it, it, it's, it, it can't be a miss at this point. Like, you go, you go. All right, Star Trek. All right, it's, it's based off the 1930s, you know, uh, thing, piece of the action. Ooh, really? Well, Quentin Tarantino is directing it. All right. <laughs> Like, like, like at that point you go, e- even if it's wrong, it's still going to be great. Like, <laughs> like right. there, there's going to be a point where you're going, yeah, there, there's, there is, there, there is nothing there that like, I mean, unless they get terrible actors to play the parts, like I, you know, like, I don't know. Like, like that's, the only thing. Well, I'm, I'm curious, are they going to do, uh, since it is the Kirk Spock era, clearly they're not, you're not going to have, it'd be interesting if they do, if it's like, what Star Trek is he gonna do? Is he gonna do like Kirk and a Kirk and Spock storyline? Because then, if you can, are you gonna get the guys who were in the new movies? You're gonna get. Are you gonna get, you know, Carl Urban, Chris Pine, and Zachary Quinto to be in this movie? Like, because those are the three heavies in the the reboot series. Like, are you gonna get everybody back together to do this one? Like, a, like an off and like an off shoot storyline which why not kind of thing like it's like I feel like you know because those episodes never you could have that movie in with the rest of the movies 
and just be like, yeah, hey, it's going to average day here on Star Trek. We follow, we we go try to find out the planet. And hey, look, it's set in 1930. Like, like I forget how this company, how this planet found the information to be able to style their system of government based on a 19 on gangsters in the first place. I have to rewatch the episode. It came, it came from a book that was um, brought to the planet, and they used that as the means of what they thought um, the the civilization, our Earth civilization, was left. I forget who left the book though. Um, okay, <laughs> it's sad I knew that much. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I think I, I do remember them looking at a book. I don't remember. Oh, how or what book? I just remember. Yeah, it was a book. I think it might have been like a an Elliot Ness book, maybe. Um, I don't know. As, as we're talking, know. I'm trying to bring that up to the uh, Harris. He says the plot yeah. of this was uh, the Federation starship uses Enterprise has been ordered to Sigma Iota Two, where the space vessel Horizon was reported missing a hundred years earlier. So it was a missing okay. ship. Okay. Uh, the ship receives a message from Bella Oxen, an Indian who promises information about the horizon and uh, invites their crew down to the planet. The first officer, Spock, notes that their inf- uh, interference in the planet's development could violate the prime directive, but Captain Kirk points out that the right, horizon... This is one of the first big prime directive stories, I think. Yes. <laughs> they find themselves uh, fashioned after the American cities, uh, city in the 1920s with some Residents appear to be gangsters carrying Tommy guns, and the leading party in, uh, in escorted by uh, uh, Oak mans to the offices during which uh, observed uh, drive by shooting. Blah blah blah. Let's see here. Because uh, it spells the whole thing out. Here. I'm 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 just trying to I'm just trying to find the the part where it said the you know like where where it came from. Well, I'm, while you're looking up, I'm gonna since we're talking about reboots and relaunches and stuff like that. I don't know if you knew or not, Ed, but last year a director by the name of Morgan Cooper released a fresh Prince of Bel Air fan film that reimagined the original series as something that is more grounded, dark, and gritty. Um, he titled the project Bel Air, and it took the internet by storm. I have not yet watched it yet. I'm kind of interested. Mm-hmm. Um, because the majority of people who watched it thought it was great and wanted to see it adapted into a real series. Uh, apparently, it was that good. And apparently, that might actually happen. Um, Bell Air is now being developed as an actual series that is currently being pitched to various streaming services. Apparently, Will Smith and his wife, Jada Pickett-Smith, will be producers on the project from their Westbrook studios. Uh, Cooper will direct and co-executive produce the potential series, which he's co-writing with Chris Collins, the guy who wrote um, The Man in the High Castle and The Wire. Two really good shows, by the way. Um, Collins is also an executive producer and will serve as the showrunner. Um, Just to give you kind of an idea, the new show is going to be set in a modern-day America. Bel Air is a serialized, one-hour dramatic analog of The Fresh Prince of Bel Air that leads into the original premise uh, Will's complicated journey from the streets of West Philadelphia to the gated mansions of Bel Air. With a reimagined vision, Bel Air will dive deeper into the inherent conflicts, emotions, and biases that were impossible to fully explore in a 30-minute sitcom format while still delivering swagger and fun nods to the original show. Um, J- 
just so you know, Ed, Will Smith himself has praised the concept in a video released last year in which he appeared in with Cooper, telling the filmmaker that's an idea that is brilliant. Um, so there you go, Ed. Okay. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is going to be coming back possibly as a serious hour-long drama. I, I did hear that rumor, and I was kind of like, uh, I'm interested. You know, I, I mean, you know, but it's just like, if it's going to be a drama, I'm like, I'm like, I don't know if that's going to work. But, you know, I mean, who knows? I mean, if the, if, if the success of that, I haven't seen it yet. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see that and... and I, I want to. I kind of want to see it myself just to see what it is. If it's good, maybe you know, it's like this could be a new thing. You know, <laughs> I mean, usually right. I mean, they, I, usually they take serious stuff that they did back in the day and make a comedy out of it. But uh, uh, I like to see it get flipped a little bit. It's kind of interesting. Like I might watch like tonight after the show is done and pop on YouTube, see if I can find it. You know, see if I can find it. I'm sure it's probably streaming on any one of the services that I have. You know, like as far as the internet goes, I'm sure I could find a copy with of it in right. like. As soon as I hit enter after typing in Bel Air. We're <laughs> <laughs> um, going back to the story. Spock discovers the Earth Book Chicago Mobs of the 20s, uh, published in 1992. Now, this is a 60s uh, TV right, show. Right, so. 60s shows. This was, and Star Trek took place well, well into the future. So a book in 1992 wouldn't have been strange. Yes. That determines it was uh, left by the crew of the Horizon. So the Horizon left the crew, and then they they that the the one leader explains that they've modeled their uh, their society on the uh, you know that, that by based on that book. Um, so so there you go. So that's the the reason why that happens. So Quentin Tarantino is going to make a movie out of it. All right. Um, so. Possibly. Let's say you know people talk about making movies all the time. You got to. You know, this is, I mean, he's got to make something at this point because there's so much talk about him doing this. We, we've been talking about Quinn Tarantino making a movie for over a year. And I right, can't believe that people... Pe- <laughs> it's kind of like, we dare you to make it. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I mean, like, obviously there there is so much um, hype on this that people are still bringing it up and it's still kind of a popularity... Um, that they have to. I mean, I just, What's I just the ship? pussy wagon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, see the captain walking around. It's gonna be Uma Thurman walking around barefoot. You know, and then <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson is her co-pilot. <laughs> you know, is her number one. You know, uh, uh, Samuel L. Jackson should be like the the Uhura, like the male. <laughs> No, because <laughs> come on, that'd be great. Open hailing free seas. Hello, motherfuckers. Actually, no. Now'd be a perfect time to give Chris Tucker his career back. Yeah. Do you understand the words that are coming over this microphone? <laughs> <laughs> Planet's hailing us. I said the planet is hailing us. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> um, okay, let's see what else I got here, Ed. Um, let's talk. I brought it up. Um, let's let's. We talked about we're, we were just talking about you know the media as a whole and how things disappear and how it's going to be harder to collect. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Disney not Disney will stop releasing 4K physical media in from its live action catalog. Now I know you don't have a 4K Blu-ray player or a 4K TV, so you're probably like, who cares, right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. But apparently, following to there's um just to for future reference, they're going to be releasing Hocus Pocus and Home Alone on 4K. Um, but after that, Disney will stop releasing library titles in Ultra HD. Um, the company is reporting no longer going to be releasing 4K copies of its library via physical media. This means that many classic Disney movies, as well as the huge collection of classics that the company inherited as part of the Fox merger last year, will not be making it to 4K Ultra High Def. The upcoming 4K releases, Hocus Pocus and Home Alone, are expected to be the last older movies to get a... Now, again, older movies to get a physical release in the HD format. Um, according to a new report, the company will not only be releasing will only be releasing new animated Disney movies, Pixar, Star Wars, and Marvel titles on 4K discs in the future. Disney is not particularly eager when it comes to releasing popular movies from its library onto 4K in recent years, with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 becoming the studio's first ever physical release in the format back in 2017. Um, it seems the company is aiming to put all its resources into streaming, specifically Disney+, Plus, which is viewed as a massive part of the company's future. Meanwhile, the physical media has become increasingly niche, niche market. Um, <clears throat> for those who, you know, I mean, you and I still purchase physical media, this is pretty significant. Uh, not only does Disney have a massive collection of movies that haven't been made on their way to HD physical format, but Fox's huge backlog of catalog um, which was part of the $71.3 billion deal last year, will just be sitting on the shelf collecting dust. Um, just a few examples include Miracle on 34th Street, Mrs. Doubtfire, and Fight Club. Uh, Disney also is not allowing theaters to book prints of classic movies for revival screenings following the merger with Fox last year. Um, they're seemingly uninterested in capitalizing on the assets they purchased in this way. Um, <clears throat> apparently there might be some exceptions to the rule, um, mostly James Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> uh, while Disney acts most of Fox production slate after several of the movies inherited in the merger bombed in a big, big, bad, bad way, um, they're very eager to get to the Avatar sequels in theaters. Um, so they're probably going to give Cameron classic likes The Abyss and True Lies, which so far haven't made it to 4K yet. They still might be released because to try to keep them happy. You know, like, oh, come on, we want those movies. We want those, we want those Avatar movies. And he might be going, well, to give me those Avatar movies, I need my old library back in 4K. Like, you know, because let's face it, if they repackage it and people buy it on 4K, he gets more money in his pocket because residual effects. Right. You know, so maybe that there's a um, some sort of development going on with that. I just felt like, really. You guys get all this good shit and now you're going to just kind of deny people but I mean that is 4k media so who knows maybe that they're they're still going to do like hey here's a new DVD release of it or a new blu-ray release of it you know why not we're just going to repackage it and put you know here here's an extra cartoon that we had just laying around because we're waiting for this this special moment <laughs> well, it's, 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 it's one of those type of things where Disney takes takes their time like, like they 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 have to give something extra to it. They have to you know make it better than it was. And I think there's a point where you can't do that on 4K at this point. Like, 
if you have something that's like 30 years old that was filmed on a bad camera, you know, that was good enough for DVD and even Blu-ray at, at one point, you know, 4K transfer might look like crap, you know, and they'd be like, well, this right. is the best we can do. And it's just like, well, it's, it's not going to be acceptable because everybody's going to bitch moan and complain about it. So then you... Right. You, can't you really make a 4K version of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs? Right. Yeah, and it's just like, and I, I, I like, well, that that you probably could because of the way they they filmed those, you know, was like, I mean, that's the same, like, like back, like back in the back in the day, like, like Disney had a lot of forethought on how to do things. Like as as time went on, and they they started losing money in the seventies and and eighties, they kind of they kind of went to the cheap, you know, on the cheap, basically, like yeah, pretty much after Disney died and all the hierarchy of, of Disney's uh, uh, staff is starting to retire or die out on their, you know, on own. That's, it's, it's, that's the way it came. Like, like those, those, the new people are coming in are like, you know, we're business people. We're not, you know, we're not in here to, we're here to make money, not to entertain everybody. That's, that's how, like, I think it was like if right. in Disney's days, like if you, Walt would be like, I want to entertain everybody. That's why I'm building these parks or, or creating these movies. It's not just, it's for the families. It's not just to make a dollar. I'm making money off of this, which is great. Right. But like, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to cheapen out, you know, and make, put very little investment in it and make a huge money because my Disney name's on it. Like, like he had a reputation to uphold. So he kind of upheld that for, for a lot of years. So now like you, you, you get those type of things and it's just like, and they, they like a lot of these movies that you're, you're talking about. It's just like, like, I mean, the James Cameron ones are probably going to all be on 4k. Cause I'm, I'm sure he had the Thor forethought of like, well, what's the future? Like, I don't know what technology is going to lead us, you know, like type of thing. I mean, like, you know, like somewhere in the VHS days, you know, like, like they've, they, they, they're probably thinking that was the probably as far as technology would have gotten for the home media. Like, cause you don't know, like, like for a long time, I mean, up until what seventies, like VCRs were, you know, uh, 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 you know, would never exist. Like when you, the only thing where you'd see a movie is like a reel to reel and they cost a lot of money and then have a projector and you have to set up a screen, you know, like today where it's just like, you know, yeah, I got it on digital, you know, now I can just, you know, click on my Roku and, or, you know, my fire stick and, you know, bring up the movie and, and watch it that way, you know? Um, so like, it's, I, I, I can see that being very, very difficult. Yeah. It's, it is, it's scary for a collector to hear those kind of things. You go in, well, you're not going to do 4k. Like, well, the, the, what if there's a new evolution and then, you know, there's no Disney library, like then what, you know? And it's just like, right. I, I, I think Disney's also banking on the fact is it's like, we got, we got Hulu and we've got, uh, uh, Hulu and we've got, um, um, Disney plus. So right. there's your library. There's your 4k library right there. Like, you, you know, we'll, right. they do have a section like now in UHD, like you're like, Oh, all right. Like, yeah. As as a person who just recently bought a 4K TV and streams 4K now through Disney, I, I watched you know the final battle in Avengers Endgame. Watch it in 4K, I was like, wow! I was I was like shocked at how clear and crisp, how nice it looked. Yeah. But you know, it's like okay, well that's that's the beauty of 4K, you know. And I'm like, it's awesome. That's great. I don't know how like. I'm not. I don't have a 4K Blu-ray player, so the only way I'm going to be able to do it is through the streaming media. Mm. But I don't know if I would go out and you know buy a 4K Blu-ray player. I mean, I have the PlayStation that I play my Blu-rays through at the moment. Right, and so, that, and that's the thing. Like, like one of the one of the companies I can't remember which one it is. 
stop making 4K. I think it was so- Samsung. Stop making 4K right. players. So you go if a company like a major company that 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 does like like well, that's what they deal in stops doing this, then then what you like where 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 are you at like kind of thing. Because well, the rumor is there's supposed to be like 8K TVs coming out. It's like okay, so if that's the truth, if that's if there's any any truth to that rumor, why create 4K stuff? Like if you just think that people out there who are going to go, oh, there's an 8K TV out there, an 8K Blu-ray player, I'm going to skip 4K completely and just go right to 8K because I haven't upgraded yet at the moment. You know, I personally am not doing that. I just you know like there's somebody out there who's going to be. Like, well, what's the point of buying a 4K TV now, even though, like, yeah, they're like 300 bucks a pop, when I can just go buy myself an 8K TV? Yuck, yuck, yuck. <laughs> or, <laughs> you know, it's just, it makes no sense. I mean, right. but you're right. If them, if Samsung's got out of the business, then you know that 4K isn't as strong as some people thought it would be. Right. Well, just like the, the whole 3D, you know, craze that was like uh, a number of years ago. Like, like you know, like yeah. 3D, 3D TVs were coming out and all these glasses and da, da, da. and it's just like and like it was a gimmick because they were they were going to make it. They were going to have TV shows like Comcast was promising like some TV shows were going to be all in 3D. And right. that's the only way you have to have a 3D TV to watch it. And like all these movies and they were they were coming out. I mean, like there was I remember Best Buy had a section of 3D. Like, you know, like yeah. now that's 4K, but you used to be like a 3D section. And that's like where yeah. all the 3D movies were. You would go pick up like, oh, get your, you know, 3D movie if you're for your 3D TV. And it's just like it just died out because movie companies, it's like, oh, it's expensive. And, you know, we're not making money as, as, as we thought we would off of this, you know, because the box office numbers aren't turning around like we should. Because some people are not getting into this gimmick and, and going every week. And they were that's what they were hoping for that, you know, because the theaters were, you know, like it's like, oh, well, we'll charge two dollars more a movie, you know, because, right. you, you know, you have to have the 3D glasses and all. And it's just like. And it's after a while, like, you know, it was like, it's like every time, like they, they just do cheap gimmicks for it. And you go, well, that's just right. stupid. Think about it. I mean, now, now, you know, yeah, you're paying $15 to go see a 3D movie. Now that movie's not in 3D anymore and you're still paying 15 bucks for it. Right. Oh, exactly. They gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Well, they raised the prices and then they got rid of the gimmick and then you're going, well, the, the gimmick's going away. Shows you the price, you know, like and like oh, inflation. Nope. Yeah, you know, like or some. Yeah, st- no, no, you were stupid enough to buy it in the first place, so it means you're dumb enough to keep buying it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> even if we don't offer it, you know, and that's and that's the that's the thing. And you, you, the, the let's just say like like it, it, after a while, I'm like I'm like I I I stop like giving in a lot of times on, on some things. Like I don't have 4K TV. Will I get one? You know what? I, I I won't I won't dismiss it. I won't I won't I won't say no. <laughs> but you know, on the same sense, I'm not going to be you know like rushing out to buy one just so like I have a 4K TV. Like you know, because some people it's like they they upgrade and you go well, why? Like oh it's so much better. Okay, but now you have to now you have to do redo your whole library in 4K. You have to you know get a player. You know it's like it's it's not just a TV. It's a, it's like a whole it's like a whole lifestyle change. <laughs> It, you know, it, it, look, as a person who has recently purchased a 4K TV, I can tell you that I agree with that. Like, yeah, it's great and it's pretty. And I made sure like I'm just getting on the 4K bandwagon. And it's been that way. For, I mean, 4K has been out for quite some time now. I've only gotten around to it because it was only because I was more interested in since we we're breaking. We we're trying to see whether or not we were going to wire, you know, cutting the cord. 
it came with like a, you know, and it really what really pushed it was while I was away for that time, you know, doing um for my honeymoon. It was pretty much like watching this 4K TV. And I'm like, it's nice. The picture's nice, and you know, stream this, and this looks this looks pretty and all. And why not? The TVs were affordable. It's not. It's not. You know, it's TCL, which apparently is a bigger name than I thought at the time. It ain't LG. It ain't Sony. But apparently, it's still a good TV, and I, I, I'm enjoying it, but I'm not... But you're right. It is like, oh, I'm not going to... I don't want to buy a 4K Blu-ray player, and I'm not going to buy 4K DVDs and Blu-rays because I don't... I, I'm especially not going to do it in my backlog. I'm like, I, you know what? No, no. I put too much time and money and effort into the collection that I have now, and I can't start over again because I guarantee you there's not going to be a 4K version of the fucking fanboys you know, it's <laughs> just not, you know, it's like, I'll just take it as a come down. I do, I do have to admit though, that any of the digital, any of the digital content that I've purchased recently have automatically been like 4k versions because it's easy to do digitally. Right. It's just a bunch of zeros and ones for the most part that they're just putting in. And I don't have, to, it's not, I don't, it, it streams through the, it streams through a 4k device on a 4k TV and that's why, like, I, when I bought something the other day, I was surprised it was it came with 4K. I was like, oh, because it is so. It's just digital format. They're like, here, you get the 4K version, the HDX version, and the standard version. That way, whatever you're planning on, you could still watch it in the best quality you have from that screen. Like, oh, thanks. <laughs> I, I, awesome. But then it's like, okay, well, do I, like, I have Expendables 3 in 4K. I didn't need it. Thanks. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I appreciate it, but I wasn't getting it for the fact that it was in 4k. I was getting it because I have one and two. <laughs> I don't have three, you know, <laughs> and it was on sale for five bucks. <laughs> and that's uh, the thing. I like, I, I bought, I've bought, I have a couple 4k because like, it's a combo pack or whatever. I do have a couple 4ks with me. And it's not because I bought them because it was 4K, it's just because it was a good price. Like, it was actually cheaper than buying the Blu-ray version of it for some reason. Right. And you're going, all right, that's weird, but you know what? To save some money, it does come with the Blu-ray already, so sure, why yeah. not? You know, like, I'm just going to, you know, have the Blu-ray so I'll still watch it. You know, the 4K is going to sit there and collect dust, but, you know, that's the way it is. Yeah, yeah. that's just the way that's just the way it is. Um, speaking about the way it is, Ed, um, and since we're talking um, Disney and all that stuff, and you sent this to me, and I, I apparently the Star Wars Holiday Special is getting a Lego treatment. <laughs> I've heard all about this. <laughs> okay. Um, just to give you a little history, the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special, it's going to debut coming out. Well, not history. It's let you know that it's going to be streaming on Disney Plus starting on November 17th. Okay? Now, it's not a it's not a Lego version of the original one. It's a brand new holiday special. Okay? It's going to take it's it's going to take place after the events of Rise of Skywalker. So this is kind of like a, a sequel to the trilogy. Um it's special is going to continue the partnership with Lucasfilm and Legos, making a playful, tongue-in-cheek animated versions of Star Wars using Lego figures and blocks. It's going to be a 45-minute special, and it will follow Rey as her further investigation of the Force launches her and BB-8 across the history of the Star of the Skywalker saga. At while Finn, Poe, Rose, and Chewie 
prepare for the Star Wars holiday life day on Chewie's home planet of Kashyyyk. <laughs> okay. Um, a rep for Lucasfilms tells Variety, this is where the article's from that I got, uh, Star Wars art actors will reprise their roles for the special, but it's still unclear whether Daisy Ridley, John Bodega, Oscar Isaac, or Kelly Marie Tran are retarded. So, out of all the people that they mentioned, Chewie and BB-8 are the only two that they probably confirmed they're coming back <laughs> to do the voice work. <laughs> 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 Everybody else we mentioned in the article, yeah, we're not sure if they're going to make it back, but you know who's going to make it? Chewy and BB-8. We got those guys locked down. They 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 were easy to get. <laughs> Chewy and BB-8, no problem. The rest of them, we're not sure. Right. Uh, that's great. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I was, I was, I was kind of excited and disappointed at the same time because I'm like, a, they should just release, they should do an official release of the holiday special. Um, you know, that's that's something that you know it's it's over forty years old now at this point, and you know, maybe just put it on Disney Plus or something like that. I mean, uh, they own it now. Either way, they own it. You know, five right. th- <laughs> new coming to four K. <laughs> <laughs> I'd buy it. <laughs> you hated it then, you'll hate it now. I'm even more clarity. <laughs> <laughs> Watch as Boba Fett, cartoon animated Boba Fett, jumps off the screen into your lap. Watch as B. Arthur th- sings a woman you have no idea who she is. <laughs> Watch as nobody talks for the first half hour of the show. As you sit in amazement and wonder how they got away with it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Ed. uh, As promised, I do have a Ruby Rose offers more detailed about her Batwoman departure. Okay. Okay, now I'm going to go up from the end. That is the title of the article. Okay. It is called Ruby Rose Offers More Details About Her Batwoman Departure. This is from Superhero Hype. I'm going to give them a shout-out, so that way you guys can make your own judgments. Ready? Earlier this year, Ruby Rose made a sudden exit from Batwoman. Uh, Rather than recast Kate, the producers opted to hire a new actress as a new Batwoman. Um, Now, apparently, this is well known that Rose was badly injured during the first season of Batwoman, and she returned to production shortly after she had back surgery. Regardless of, her recover, regardless of her recovery, Rose recently told EW that the injury wasn't the primary reason she left the show. Okay? Okay. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to, this is a quote, and I, after reading, I had to read this twice because I couldn't find out what she said the reason was. All right? <laughs> okay. Here, I'm going to start the quote. It wasn't so much the injury especially because after we wrapped up, we didn't get to finish the real finale because of COVID, she said. Um, Again, to continue on, you know, you have time in quarantine and sort of isolation to just think about a lot of different things and when you want to achieve and what you want to achieve in life and what you want to do. I think for both me and the producers, it was a great opportunity to have a dialogue about a lot of things. I respect them so much, 
and they've been so respectful to me. Okay. That's it. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I mean, she also added that it was actually a beautiful way to do something, especially since it was the first time it's ever been done. Uh, the first time Batwoman has ever been played in live action and that she was LGBTQ. I'm very honored to have been able to play her. When asked if she had any, and then it goes on, well, if she has any advice for her successor. And she's like, well, none. I think she definitely knows what she's doing. So, Ed, in that statement, what do you think the reason was that she decided to leave? Again, I... I... I think we I think we covered this a, a while back, and I mean we'll never know we'll we'll never know the real reason why she left. I mean, be, because it's it's got to be something stupid, or or it's got to be something so you go really that's the reason why like that was just dumb like you know like and it's probably in her head going yeah everybody's gonna think this is stupid if I tell them the truth so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna run run around and run around what it is. But I think I really do because we we talked about rumors in the past about her like the production schedule might have been too demanding on her because it's a TV show versus a versus a movie. Right. She's 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 not going to come out there. You know what it is? I couldn't take twelve hour days. Right. I need I need a nine to five kind of acting career. I can't do night shoots because things. Right. I don't want to miss my favorite show. Uh, you know, there's not there's a reason that most people. Are gonna be like really? Oh, poor baby, such a first world problem. Because <laughs> because that's it. Like 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 the the more you the more you don't find out actually what it is, the worse it's gonna be. Like that's 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 right. that's the thing. And everybody's gonna still ask like people like if even if she like her career goes in the crapper and you're gonna see her at the next like you know horror con or next you know uh, you know convention or whatever. That's the f- number one question. Why did you leave? Batgirl, yeah, as she's signing her right. Batgirl picture, you know, for first that you know forty eight year old, fifty year old nerd, yeah, <laughs> 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 you know that that you know you know that 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 semi enjoyed the show. I just could, the only reason why they got the autograph was to ask her that question, and you know, and, and it's like that, and he he, he was number two thousand eight hundred and forty one out of. <laughs> I don't you know, know. She, she could never do the con circuit because as you're talking about that, <laughs> the hours are too long. Well, not only the hours would be too long, but she would have to sit there and realize that there are some people out there so ignorant and not know that she is actually a lesbian in real life. So, and, and who've probably never picked up a comic book and know that bad woman is also a, a lesbian as well. And you know that there's going to be some 50 year old nerd, Who's gonna walk up and go? Yeah, I know she was into chicks, but I could have turned her. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's such a because people, guys are stupid and nerdy guys kind of lower the bar even more when it comes to sexism and misogynistic words and, and the way they think about women. Sometimes it's gonna be hysterical. Be like, yeah, you know, I know she, they say she likes girls, but all she really needed was a good dick and. <laughs> like she's gonna have to sit there and go like yeah who am I signing this up to yeah uh, you know and, or just kind of smile and kind of go yeah yeah sure uh huh here what's your name like it's gonna look like what's your name Prick? <laughs> it's gonna look like the scene in Galaxy Quest when Alan Rickman just snatches the thing out of the purse <laughs> by grabs Thor's hammer like blah 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 just you know <laughs> just snatches it out of the guy's hand 
signs her name, hands it back to him. Next. <laughs> <laughs> just, oh my God, she's going to, she, there's no way. You know, I mean, there's going to be obviously for every one of those, there's going to be like five or six people like, oh my God, thank you, because it was nice to see that character. It was about time that that character had full representation on TV. I know it was only for a little bit, but it's great that you, she, for lack of a better term, I mean, she would be considered an, uh, this, uh, a pioneer Carter of this genre because Wonder Woman was never on TV until Linda Carter came around and Batwoman never had any representation on tele- live action until Ruby Rose came around. So she technically is paved, paved the way for any future Batwoman people. So, I mean, in a way, it's 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 an honor. Right. And, you know, and I think she realizes that I do kind of wish they kind of wish she'd be maybe a little bit more forthcoming or maybe she's afraid to become forthcoming. Maybe because it was she realized that she couldn't handle that kind of a schedule. And, and that's OK. But you have to admit that. And I think that in today's world, people will be more forgiving about. Well, the mature people will be forgiving about that, you know. We, I would probably poke fun at that, like, "Oh my God, sorry that you had to work a fifteen-hour day. How many millions do you have in your bank account?" I'm sorry. I wish I had that kind of trouble. Yeah, but that, yeah, but I mean, also, I'd be like, "Well, you know what? You, you had an opportunity here, and you kind of, like, maybe have let it squandered it. But you can also let people know that you can't work a long day because that's going to hurt your future acting career. Like, you know." What if she decides to get put up, put up a sitcom, a half-hour sitcom show, where instead of working twelve hours a day, they work ten hours? Like, where like some she might be missed out for a job because she didn't want to be that honest with people. And I get it; you don't want to hurt your own brand by being honest. But if you're going to leave it up in the air, they could seem to be like, well, no one really knows. But then all of a sudden, COVID happened, and we talked about it during that time, and it's like, okay, what what did you talk about? Right, like, like what what what, what, what was what was the conversation about? Because that's the thing, like you know, casting directors and showrunners and stuff, they're going to talk to each other. It's not like they're going to go by Ruby Rose's reputation. You know, she does a bunch of movies, and she's you know she was back Batwoman, and you know, and and, and so on. She's going to be able to carry that into the next series or movie that she does because then that's the thing like like a lot of a lot of hollywood behind the scenes that we never see sometimes we get a wind of what's going on like you know like because you hear it you know over and over again you wonder like why this person disappeared pretty much off the face of the earth or they don't have uh you know as many roles or or, or you know or doing as much as they used to it's because they're, they're, they're like a, a, I hate to say it, uh, I can't think of a, a better way to put it, a, a bitch, you know, like, like she, that's what she's, yeah. you know, might be, be and that, that, that's a shame if, if she's not, like, type of thing. But it's the thing, like, if you're not going to tell us what it is, then it's got to be either so, like, like, there's, like, like, at this point in life, like, we've heard, we've heard mostly everything, like, how many times people have been yeah. abused. You know, uh, initially, physically, emotionally, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, inappropriately touched and so on and so forth. So anything like that would come out in the forefront would not be uh, um, uh, a surprise to us. You know, like, like, you know, like if it was something like that, it was like, you know, like, like I was treated terribly because I was a lesbian and blah, blah, blah. Like, I think that would be like the, the biggest, you know. Uh, blow up in 2020 <laughs> next to the virus you know 
<laughs> it's a, that would be the, the the like holy crap moment of life you, you go really like still in this day and age you know especially you know, the way the cw is project, projecting like all are welcome and stuff like that and yet you know this show happens so you go that well that's not the case you know because you know either the either there's a producer that's saying you know you better keep your mouth shut or you'll never see you know another job again that's the only thing other thing i could think of of why this is this is happening but other than that, like, it's got to be something stupid. Like, yeah, I, I couldn't take the long hours or I didn't like the people I worked for. You know, that's, that's that could right. be another thing. You know, like, like you know, it was it just wasn't, you know, the, the right fit for me. And it's going to sound something so inane because it's like how many years you have to really work for this period. It's not like you're going to be there for 20 years. You know, like Batwoman right. is not going to be a 20 year show, you know. Be lucky if it's ten, right. you know, you know, type of right. thing. You know, it's just like you be lucky if you get the hundred episodes so you can go on this vacation. Right. Exactly. You know, so so you know, you you, 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 you know, you have to go for five years and so it's like are you are you know, like like I don't think so. Cause like like I think I think the whole D C universe and the CW is crumbling. You know, it's just it's just it's just a matter of time. Now now that now that arrow's gone, you know, like and unless they prove, improves Flash's storyline, I mean, I don't think that's going to do well. I mean, to me, like the only the only show that's really started character, and I didn't really like that show in the beginning was Legends of Tomorrow. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I know that was. You were not a fan of that show. I was more of a fan of that show than you were. This and now you're like, oh, I'm really enjoying it. And I'm like, yeah, it's not the same. Like now they have, they're trying to fight. You you just um, demons that demons that were returned from hell and they were like serial killers and famous bad guys and I'm like, oh that's oh you just I just got through magical creatures and now we're going with oh, okay all right sure I'll I, I mean I'll go along for the ride why not <laughs> I mean it's like it's not it's not a show like I'm like I'm like I'm not gonna miss an episode but it's just like you know it's a show that's like. Yeah, if I see it, it's entertaining, you know, and I and I do watch it because there was there was a point where like you know you, like I'm I'm watching Flash and I'm like I'm 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 actually enjoying like out of the two I'm enjoying Legends more, which is sad because it's like I was enjoying <laughs> Flash when it start started because you and you figured and everybody I think thought at one point that Flash was going to overpower Arrow Green Arrow and you go. Okay, I could see that, but like you, 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 you got to keep going. Like you just can't now that arrow's gone. You go and all right, you know, like like the Flash, like with his hands out, going what? Like I'm number one now. You know, arrow's gone. Yeah. Like I'm the king of the CW. And you go, yeah, you're not. You know, like you, you got to still do like a show. You know, and entertain us in a way that right. Know, so, but I, I'd say like 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 I I I there's going to be a time. I mean, you know, I, I hope we get an article. Where we find out the the truth about uh, uh, Ruby Rose and. and and Batwoman, it's gonna be like, really? That's what it was. <laughs> How right. stupid, you know? But you know, like I said, I, I, it'll, it'll be many years, I think, until, uh, you know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it really depends on what Ruby Rose does does next. Like, what's her next? Does she does she get another yeah. show somewhere? Does she get a movie? Like, where 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 does she land? You know, this in this whole situation. You know, because you know somebody's gonna, everybody's gonna follow her until she gets the next project and she does well. Like that's that's sure. that's the that's I think the thing. Like every there's gonna be some reporter out there following her until you know until the next job she gets and go, okay, you know you you you're successful and they kind of forget the whole you know. But uh, I don't and that's the thing. I don't. I really don't. I don't think this is a a thing that people are gonna forget unless unless the new Batwoman is the the greatest uh the bees knees yeah the greatest thing ever since sliced bread you know you know i don't know i mean like and i'm like 
Yeah, I don't. I don't think that. Ha- I don't like. I, I you can you could have the best writers and the best actress to do it. You know, and, and you know the best you know CGI or whatever. But you're you're always gonna have that tainted like moment of of like what mm. happened to Ruby, Ruby Rose. Like this this was like the perfect. This was all the woke generation. This was this was the perfect moment. A, a lesbian playing a lesbian, or you know, and a as a superhero. I mean, how how much better can you get? You can't, you know. Right. Yeah. That's what everyone wants. If you're going to proper representations, but you know, yeah, it, it it is what it is. I mean, who knows? I mean, there's been plenty of shows that had a shitty like first season and then turned it around. You know, who knows? I'm, yeah, but they I, haven't just had the same characters. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. I got I got some bad news, Ed. Thanks to COVID nineteen, the New York Comic Con is canceled. <sighs> yeah, I, you, you knew this was coming. Anybody who knew the San Diego Comic Con was canceled, you knew the New York Comic Con wasn't too far behind. Anyone who was anyone who's really shocked by this news, I, shame I'm, on I'm, you. I'm sorry, I, I broke your heart. Like, <laughs> like you should have saw that one coming. Um, it was scheduled to be the la- the last major comic con major comic convention of the year obviously um Reed pop has informed newsarama that's where i got the article from that this year's physical new york comic con convention will be replaced by an online experience over the convention's youtube page um an online version of the convention is dubbed new york comic con's metaverse <laughs> just busy you know Reed pop is hosting its inaugural metaverse event the weekend of August 14th to the 16th, which was this past weekend, by the way, before the New York Comic-Con Metaverse in October. Apparently, from October 8th to the 11th, the New York Comic-Con's YouTube channel will exclusively live-stream panels from the from leading entertainment brands. According, from a, this was from a Repopic spokesperson. Um, they confirmed that the involvement of stars uh, for American Gods, CBL, CBS All Access, obviously for Star Trek, DreamWorks Animation, Hulu, and FX for its online New York Comic Con event. Um, their plans for the YouTube-centric 2020 Comic Con will include pre-recorded and live panels, live Q&As, professional workshops, and tabletop gaming. Because everyone wants to watch people play tabletop games and TV, but all right, whatever. Um, there are plans for a virtual marketplace. Hey, if there's a, if there's theaters. a if there's a market for Twitch you, uh, people to watch people play video games. That's a good point. There's... You're right. You're right. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, you're right. If people can watch other people play video games, why not see someone play? Done. You know, as long as they're entertaining, I guess. Sure. You know, like oh, today, this week on live stream, we're gonna play. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I remember. You know, I remember like almost twenty years ago, like people would watch on ESPN the Magic the Gathering like tournaments right you know because it was a lot of money back then you would watch these you know, players play these games so like I, I mean it's like I mean would I watch it no <laughs> <There's>, there, <laughs> unless you like, pay you know, me Sean, there, there, damn you Sean there is a market for it not for me but there's a market for it like alright yeah you're right I guess I apologize <laughs> I, I'll probably do the same thing because apparently there's still going to be a, a virtual marketplace where exhibitors and creators can sell merchandise as well as personalized autographs. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll take a look at the virtual marketplace just like I bought a, a Comic-Con 2020 you know, T-shirt. Maybe I'll commemorate the moment with the New York Comic-Con one. I, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Depends on what's the, what the shirt looks like. You know? Um, apparently... They're, you know, they also plan to use the YouTube's community feature, which as, as well as Reed Pop's own Discord community. 
Um, this is a quote. Our mantra is to continue to make the next right decision with information we have on our fans, our customers, and our, our teams. Uh, this is an incredible, humbling situation that anything you think you know in a few days or hours, you may not. Uh, after the onset of COVID-19 pandemic in March, Reed Pop has been forced to cancel, postpone, or reschedule its public events in case like in cases like these segue into an online component. So I guess, you know, apparently these guys might have had at least a plan in place. Um, he goes to say on, um, they go on to say that insurance does not cover anything that's happening right now. Nearly any insurance policy that could be obtained, and most are very narrow in scope, would carve out an event like what we're experiencing. Um, so we're sh we're shouldering the sunk cost of ourselves to where appropriate, refunding the fans in, in all cases and keeping our eyes on the long term. Uh, for the past few years, Repops New York Comic Con events have boasted in attendance of over 250,000 250, people. So, uh, again, here's an opportunity for us to be like, hey, this is awesome. We probably get to see stuff we wouldn't normally see. Now, New York is obviously closer to us than, than, than San Diego, but I still would never go to New York for Comic Con. And this this is, again, one of those opportunities where, like, oh, I could. You know, be like, well, in October, we'll tell you what's going to be here, and I'm going to say, I'm going, I'm going to do it this time. I'm going to make schedules, and I'm keep it on, and, I'm, and then I'll be like, yeah, I never got a chance to see any of it. <laughs> <laughs> like, what I did learn is, what I should do is, right now, go check their website because apparently, for New York Con, for the San Diego Comic Con, they were selling merchandise before the actual event, so you could have gotten some really good stuff before the actual event. So I'm like, well, maybe I'll peruse their website to see if they got any good T-shirts out now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> save myself some time later. <laughs> right? Maybe I'll get it before the actual con, so I can walk around all weekend going, "Where are you at? I'm here on the streets of Pennsylvania, where I really should be in New York celebrating." Because I would have, I totally would have gone to the Comic Con. <laughs> well, what events are you looking forward to? Um, you know, they're streaming live some stuff that I'm kind of interested in. I, I heard tabletop gaming's coming, making a comeback, and uh, <laughs> I might get a personal autograph or two. I don't know, maybe. <laughs> you do realize it's this weekend yeah yeah i know i know i'm just i'm but it's time zone <laughs> no sure it's the same time zone new york and pr at the same time zone um but yeah well just nothing's really going on right now i'm interested in it. <laughs> i'll go back and watch it all on youtube um <laughs> uh. uh, well, speaking of bad news, Ed, were you planning to buy an Xbox X series? No. <laughs> okay. Then you then this next article doesn't really apply to you. <laughs> apparently, but it does have... Uh, apparently, Halo Infinite has been delayed to 2021. Now you're thinking, well, Sean, why does that matter? It's, who cares? It was supposed to be a launch title for the Xbox Series X. Ah. Which is coming out? Which is supposed to be coming out in November? It's been confirmed that's coming out in November. So now all of a sudden they postpone Halo till the next year. Now Microsoft announced that Halo Infinite has been delayed from its planned holiday 2020 launch to an unspecified 2021 release date. Ooh. That means the upcoming sequel Halo from 343 Industries will not launch alongside the Xbox Series X as Xbox has previously planned. Now, Xbox did not confirm a new release window other than next year for the game, explaining that the delay comes as the, quote, 
result of multiple factors that have contributed to development challenges, including the ongoing COVID-related impacts affecting all this year, end quote. Um, here's a full statement, Ed. Apparently, to the, um, I forget who they, today I want to share an important Halo development community update with the community. We made the difficult decision to shift our release to 2021 to ensure the team has adequate time to deliver a Halo game experience that meets our vision. The decision to shift our release is a result of multiple factors that have contributed to the development of challenges, including the ongoing COVID-related impacts affecting us all this year. The person goes on, I want to acknowledge the hard work from our team at 343 Industries who remain committed to making a great game and defining solutions to development challenges. However, it is not suitable for the well-being of our team or our overall success of the game to ship it this holiday. We know this will be disappointing to many of you and share that sentiment. The passion and supporting community has shown over the years is incredible and inspiring. We want nothing more we want nothing more to play our game with the community this holiday. The extra time will allow us to finish the critical work necessary to deliver the most ambitious Halo game ever at a quality we know our fans expect. Thank you for your support and your understanding. All right. Um now as a gamer, I have suffered many of the, well, you're going to have to wait a little longer, Sean. Um, I did it with both South Park games. Cyberpunk was supposed to come out earlier this year. Mm-hmm. It got postponed to, you know, later this year. Well, now it's coming up sooner rather than later. Um, <clears throat> so I understand that. That's, I, I'm, I'm also a fan of, like, look, if the game's not really ready, then you should postpone it. You know, of course. Right. But now, you here's the problem I have. Well, okay, well, it's Halo. It's Microsoft's, like, they, they bought it from Bungie to create it themselves because they wanted all the money in their own house. You know, this is it's their flagship game, and you have a new system coming out with it. You obviously would want your flagship game to... But I don't... It, it's, it's it's kind of a bad look, I'm going to say. I'll be honest. <clears throat> you know, um, now I'm not a Halo player, and I don't really plan on getting an Xbox. If one comes across my way, I'm not going to say no to it, but I'm not going to rush out and buy one, you know. But I also understand, like, the it's got to be a letdown for people who are looking forward to playing this game and buying the new system and to be told, like, oh, well, it's going to be postponed. Now, I don't know if you saw... This last E3, um, last E3, Microsoft confirmed it was going to be planned as as a launch game. But I don't know if you saw there was a demo. This since the showcase, there was a Howard. The demo encountered some controversy due to the discussion around its graphical fidelity. Uh, Infinite developers addressed the blowback about Halo Infinite graphics, explaining some of the developers some of the developers' artistic goals and influences while also acknowledging some of the concerns. Um, I don't know if you saw any of the footage of the game. Apparently, well, number one, the game was played on a PC, not, a, not an Xbox. So right away, that kind of makes you kind of go, well, why are you doing that? But there's also some graphical issues with a character that looked too plastic. Mm-hmm. Looked too phony. Um, they were kind of they they were comparing it to Doomsday from Batman v Superman. How fake he looked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I I don't know. I mean, I part of me thinks, and 
the game hasn't been developed in the last four months. The game has been developed over the last few years. So I feel like if you have an almost polished game and you show it and people don't like the graphics and then you, you you're going to have to go back to the drawing board a bit, a bit or to go, well, we're going to have to postpone it and try to do something graphically different because people clearly don't like the look of it. We want it to sell. We want it to sell well. But by the same token, I'm like, well, you could like, – I don't know. I'm always kind of like on the fence about it, to be honest, because I'm like – on one hand, I agree. Like, you know what? If the game's not done, postpone it. But on the other hand, I'm like, hey, you guys are – I feel like you guys are using COVID as an excuse to, to, to not want to admit that the game you have was not looking as good. You thought it looked great. Then we present it to everybody. Everyone's like, oh, that looks horrible. And they're like, well, it's not a finished product yet. Oh, it, but it's coming out in a couple months, and now you're telling us now it's not really finished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. That's why we're going to postpone it until 2021. Uh, and and the thing is, is that they're not even giving you like, like, like if they could say March or you know, or summer, you know, at least or something, you know, because they they're they're not giving you a date at all. So sometime in 2021, this is coming out, which you know it's going to be at this point holiday 2021. <laughs> Right. Um, I mean, they're going to look uh, if, if, you know, you could do spring, um, spring sometimes it has like summer's usually like the second quarter is usually like a dead zone for video games for, for every once in a while, a good game will come out. So you, maybe you could wait till like the second quarter, but you're right at this point, it's going to be third or fourth quarter. And if it's going to be third quarter, you might as well make it the fourth quarter. You might as well make it holiday release next year. That's if they release it next year, they say they are, but they might not. Well, I'm saying it, it depends. It, it depends on what what kind of rebuild they're going to do in this. Is like, is the game okay or just not? And it's not graphically pleasing, so they actually have to rebuild the graphics. You have to reskin it, or is it like, like you know, what I'm saying like now, now it becomes down like you know, they're, they're they're sitting there now. If they're using the COVID, I mean, I could see the COVID problem being happening is because they can't get like a group of people together, like like a like a team to sit in the same office. I mean, you know, especially if it's in California, cause that's like they're apparently the strictest area, uh, to do it. So you, you, you know, um, and even really the West coast to be, you know, to be honest, not even California. Um, but the, the, so now like, is, is that, is that the reason why now you, you don't have a plan because now, you know, like you're, you, 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 somebody came down and goes, yeah, we can't release this game as is. What can we do to fix it? Well, we can't fix it now because the team that you know is in you know lockdown basically, and we can't do this. So that's that's how I feel like it's it's going to be. It's just like they they can't even meet together to to do this. That's what the COVID uh, issue is coming in. So now they can't they can't give a date exactly. Someone sometime in twenty twenty one they're going to release it because they don't know when they're going to get together. I mean, it's just like right. they're probably doing Zoom meetings or whatever, or, you know, or Teams meetings and, 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 and doing these, you know, uh, business meetings and, you know, online and stuff and figure it out. But you figure like a game company like that, like like everybody sitting in front of their computer at home should be just as sufficient as if you were in the office, you know, in my way, in my thinking, you know, right. like. Right. I, I, I agree a hundred percent. Like if you're, if, if you work at a, a gaming company and your job is to work on a computer and then you're now forced to work at home, how differently is your work? I, I can't, I can't, I don't know if there's, a, if there is a difference. 
or if there is a major difference. Like I have a friend who's a programmer. He's always worked from home for as long as he's had that job. He's never had to go to an office and then decide to go, oh, okay, well, now I'm, I'm quarantined. I have to work from home now. I don't know if there's been a difference. Like I, I would think that, you know, as a, as a work, as a gaming company, if you have to work from home, you should still have the same resources. Right. So you using COVID as an, as a, the reason why you have to now postpone your game seems a little hinky to me. Right. You know, but again, I don't work in that me. I don't work in that field, so I can't say whether or not like okay, you know, I work on you know at work I work on these super powerful supercomputers, and at home I'm working on a Dell. You know, like maybe there is well, a, maybe there is a, a difference. Well, yeah, but you then know? you're 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 still logging into that like whether whether you you're you're not working, you're not sitting on that supercomputer at, at your desk like it's you know like it's networked in you're you're logging into to it through a service right. or through that's that's where you have to realize that the computer screen is just that a monitor it's right. not your the, the pc that you're working on at your desk isn't the pc that you're doing the graphics intent on you're 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 working through a computer a giant computer somewhere else in the, in the office right, right or you're at least doing minimal amount of work on your own your own computer and then uploading it and then someone's taking it on a bigger computer to work with it manipulate it that way well it, 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 <clears throat> but it still it's no it generally it's goes not. down to it's it's you're 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 porting in or you're logging into a service there so you're 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 going through the internet to log into the service and you know and of course you have to make it secure the vpn and blah 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 whatever sure but that, but they're they're like like the computer they're sitting at their desk at at their office is basically the same thing as they're doing at at home, you know, in a way. I mean, granted, they might have a powerful, I mean, more powerful graphics card like at home, but I'm sure like you could, you know, the company could provide you a computer that will work just the same as like you know, we'll just pack up the one that's sitting on his desk and and ship it to him, you know, like <laughs> you know, and then like or mail it to him, and then you can hook it up to his you know house, and you know. You know, or, and you have, might have to get like a gigabyte, like or a terabyte, you know, connector or whatever, blah blah blah. But you know, like like they, I'm sure they could work something out. I mean, granted, like I I mean, like if it's delayed, I could see it being delayed like six months or something like that. Because yeah, if you're not in the in the office environment, you can't go. Hey, you know, Charlie from you know uh, backgrounds, I need you know to change this background, blah blah blah. Can you change it for me? Because the action's not going to work because we're going to have a bleed or we're going to have a you know collision or something like that. You know, they like you. You're not going to have that like instant you know communication. You might have to you know call them on, on a Zoom chat or, or or you know on a you know on a in a you know message or whatever and trying to explain it you know type it out or whatever or do a video call or you know those kind of things so that will slow down your day uh progressively to you know get the job done if you know you know because you see people day after day you know uh, in an office and you kind of get through the hey how you doing you know how was your day oh how's this COVID treating you you know those kind of things are it's, it's already right. passed so like through midday if you go i need you to change this or or, you know, I'm working on this design. What do you think, you know, will, how that will affect the game in this, you know, area, blah, blah, blah. You know, those kind of conversations 
will be slowed down because like I said, you'll be you'll be like going boo 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 boo. Hey, how you doing? Oh good, how's it going? Well, you know, now you're wasting twenty minutes of, of back and forth banter of like, you know, you're not jumping into, yeah, I'm I'm working on this part in the scene, blah blah blah, you know, and this is what I'm doing. Like you know, that's that like those are those type of things that are gonna slow down in the conversation. So yeah, it's gonna take longer for, you know, if if you're if you're building it. But if you're not giving us a date at all, that means that like you're you're not working on it you know <laughs> you know or 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 you you don't have a plan in a plan for a plan you know like <laughs> you, right. you you need to now figure out how to now how to develop a plan you're like how are we going to get the team together to develop a plan so we can fix this so we can move forward like they don't even have that plan in place you know what i'm saying like <laughs> so now now it becomes right. this problem and you're going what do we do? You know, and it's just like, it's, it's, it's just sad. It just, it really is the sad to see that, um, the way, the way it is, it's just saying, and you're right. Like as a gamer, that's just terrible. Like I just, Oh man, that just, <laughs> that's, I mean, it, it always hurts when I game. I want to, I can't wait to come out and I hear it's going to be postponed, especially when it gets closer, it gets to the release date. And all of a sudden, like a week before it gets released, cause then it happened to the South park, the stick of truth, um, the, the fractured butthole like a month before it was supposed to get released they're like yeah we're gonna postpone it for a couple months and you're like motherfucker i was really looking forward to it there's been a couple times where a game i was that was i was hoping to come out like next week gets pushed like pushed back and you're like <sighs> like i was really looking forward to cyberpunk playing at the beginning of this year yeah. you know nope it, it's like okay well, we're gonna come back in november and i'm like okay makes sense you know because then you guys are going okay well if the new systems are coming out maybe they're going to work they're going to worry about updating the graphics for that like there's certain things that make sense for those reasons and which it makes falls in the place that okay if you're going to upgrade some stuff graphically i get it that's why you're going to postpone it but at least you know and i think project red was i think was a little bit more forthcoming about it saying hey like you know there's we're we don't think the game is right ready and we don't want to put out something that isn't ready and at least they were honest about it. They weren't making an excuse. Like, we we hoped it would come out this day, but there's some things that we don't want that it's, it ain't right for us. If it ain't right for us, it ain't going to be right for you guys. And we don't want to – I can respect that a lot more than them going, yeah, you know what is COVID. Yeah, yeah, that's the ticket. You know? Like, <laughs> yeah, well, don't, you know, in the case of Cyberpunk 27.7, they, they made some changes that people weren't happy about. Um because they, they apparently there were some early betas that that were, were played and people gotten you know like I mean, like during the uh, um, one of the, one of the cons you know like one of the conventions they were playing it and they liked it and then they changed it for one of the betas that they were doing beta testings they were doing and people were complaining about it, that they didn't have a a specific skill that was done and they don't have it anymore and they're like what happened to that like it was great and I think it was because it made it too easy of the game so they took it out right you know to for make it more well, difficult. Uh, I've the, today this weekend was the second weekend for the Avengers beta, um, and I noticed that they have made changes to the gameplay this time around. Like I, I remember last weekend I was talking about it and how the screen seemed very busy mm-hmm. and very they this time around like there's um, at the bottom right there was like these special powers they had that were always on the HUD. They disappeared and they only showed when they were ready to be active like it, it so they took that away and it only popped up when it was like okay you now have access to it and i thought that was it was better 
Like I thought this time around playing it, it seemed to be it. It didn't seem as busy. Like anybody that there weren't like explanation points popping up around all around me. It seemed to be very kind of. It seems very streamlined this time around, and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay. This is one of those moments where I actually see a difference between one beta to the next. So, like, next week is supposed to be the final beta. So I'm now I'm curious to see what's gonna, you know, because like at the end of every mission, how did you enjoy this mission? You're rated to one, one to five. Like, oh, okay, I liked it. Give me, I'll give it a four. You know, or I'll give it a three. Or I didn't like this one at all. Like, it's, it's. I'm like, I, I can see the difference. So I, I can understand. If someone played a beta on, on Cyberpunk and then going really liking somebody and then them taking away, sure, because they're doing. If you want the game to be challenging, you don't want the game to be too easy because you put all that time and effort into it. You, I don't know. I, I just have that. Put it in as the easy setting. That, yeah. You know, like okay, you want to play the baby version of it? Go ahead. We'll make it nice and easy. You can walk through. We're gonna give you give your stealth a hundred, your lockpick a hundred, your armor a hundred. So that way you can walk through bulletproof, stealth proof, everything proof, and then you can just enjoy the story. You can do that or take it away and make it a little more challenging or you know, or keep it in the game on a on a different level instead of making it a hundred, make it like twenty five or thirty percent and then have the new game plus where it takes it away completely. You know, nah, I'm sure there's who knows? That's why that's that's why they do beta testing. You have to find out what works and what doesn't work. Yeah. You know, knowing you know, you could play if you work for the company, you play the game every day, you go, Okay, now it's easy because I've played this level like a, a million times. So I I I'm already blind to any kind of nooks and crannies that might come up, so let's send it out to get tested. And that's where people come back their feedback and if if you go, Oh wait, all those people had the same ease of it was easy for them too. Oh, well, then we must have to change something. What did they all use? they use this okay let's take it out and see what happens you know i get it that's that's the reason why they do it right you know i you know it's not like halo did some beta testing and then it's like oh people hate the game let's take it away from them it's it's like we're just going to postpone it now because covid (laughs) covid um i got one last article i have a couple more articles but the other rest of the articles i think can wait till next week um, this one popped up, and I scratched my head at it because it's good news, but it's also weird news because I, I think last week I made a claim, and this week it kind of, it's kind of like the rub of my nose in it. <laughs> so yeah. I always like it when I, I can be kind of be called an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, now this is t- from Geek Tyrant, and I, I pulled this article not i've seen it a couple times but i don't know if it's three different sources or the same source being told three different times um apparently olivia munn is in final talks to join the relaunch of the g4 network oh wow okay okay now again i think last week i was like does she really need g4 because she's a bigger star now i would think but maybe she's not Maybe I think that way because I'm a fan of her. So when I see her in something big, it's like, oh, congratulations. But she could still be an, uh, still a, no, a nobody in the realm of regular acting. I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not her agent, so I can't tell you. Um, but according to this article, it's kind of like it's kind of a fact and the person throws a, an opinion in. And I'm not going to give that opinion because it's an opinion. But apparently, Olivia Munn is, in report, is reportedly in final talks to join the recently teased relaunch of the G4 network. 
She is looking to sign a multi-year developmental deal that will include both on- and off-air components. Um, so it, do, it doesn't go on to say anything more than that other than the fact that, is, like, you know, as you know, Mun was an original anchor of the G4 series Attack of the Show. Once she left the show, she wanted to have a successful acting career appearing in projects as The Newsroom, Ocean's 8, The Predator, X-Men Apocalypse, and more. Um, <clears throat> so... I don't know if they are like I okay like I feel like well based based why? off that information like I'm always speculating I, I don't know anything other than what you just told me I mean first off that like oh my god they're they're really doing the channel so that's great I'm like where and when can I get it it's my right. my first question um and how much obviously um, but right. then, but then, you know, it's just like, I think with, with her, with the way, the way it sounded was, is that, yeah, she's going to be back in doing some kind of hosting cap, cap uh, capability, but I think she's going to be either like producing or, or directing or like doing other things for the channel other than doing maybe like attack of the show, like bringing that back, you know, maybe her and Pereira, right. Kevin Pereira, you know, teaming up together, do attack of the show and doing this hour long show. Um, I I think maybe like she wants to do more. Like that's the thing. Like, I because I, I, you you figure you know like like for her she 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 went from like one level to the next. Like that was that I think that was the that's the like she's working on. I mean she went from like a basic cable show, you know, starting off there hosting a show weekly show, and then going on to doing you know another TV show on a like a less deeper of a cable. You know, type of thing because I think he she moved to uh, Comedy Central with um, I can't think of that gentleman's name, uh, John Stewart. I th- okay, she, wasn't she working for him for a while, uh, doing some well, comedy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was on the Daily Show for a little bit. Yeah. So then, so then, you know, from there, she, you know, she wanted from like Netflix shows and you know other things, and then she ended up in movies, you know, like so her career was moving in a forward progression, and I think like the next thing is like behind the camera, basically, like that's the. Well, well I, I did as, as you were talking. I did look up. I did type her in because I'm like, okay, well, that one didn't really give much detail, and I did find another article from Screen Rant. Again, take it for what it's worth. Um, Olivia Munn may return as a G4 uh, relaunch host. Um, Olivia Munn is finalizing a deal for a return as a host and relaunching G4 TV in 2021, participating in both on-air and off-air capacity. Um, it goes in a little bit more detail by saying she was in talks to return as a host of G4 TV with its relaunch. Um, gives a little history of the video game and pop culture center network first hit the cable airwaves back in 2002, uh, merging with tech TV back in 2004. G4 brought aboard several of the acquired Nets vehicle, including Screensavers, which was later renamed to Attack of the Show, and X-Play, which would continue on some of G4's strongest and most consistent performing things. Um, as reported by The Wrap, that's where the uh, the initial thing comes from, Munn is in stages of finalizing a multi-year deal where she would return to G4, involved in both on-air and off-air capacities. The on-air aspects of the deal may see Munn resuming hosting duties, while off-air components include a developmental deal with the net. Um, okay, and they'd say, you know, then they give you a little bit of history of her, like she joined back in 2006, and she left 2010, you know, um, and then what she's done since then to kind of, you know, pat her, not pat her resume, but to show that she's kind of 
basically is returning home where it all began is a welcome for many, starting to boost the nostalgia for Luke 7 over G4's return. However, the television landscape, both cable and digitally, has changed immensely since G4 has been gone. Even a rival video game center network, VEN, V-E-N-N, uh, the Video Game Entertainment ne- News Network, has emerged in their absence, determined to fill the void they left. I've never even heard of that network. I'm going to look it up. Uh, details of months full involvement are expected to be formally announced soon, along with more specific spe- specifics of the G4 relaunch. So it'll be interesting to see what newsness they will bring bringing back to the table. Um, and this this article was written three days ago. Okay. So I, maybe they'll wait till New York the New York Comic Con before they give like a full announcement. You know, but I, I agree. I do think that she she has enough of a name and enough of a reputation to hook you in as like a I'll walk I'll do a walk on on some of the shows but maybe she has an idea for developmental TV shows like she could have an idea for a show that she always wanted to do but never had the means to do it and because no one's willing to take a chance and if G4 is she's like I'm it's like saying hey I'm willing to move back home but you gotta let me do what I want to do to my room and you can't have no say right and that, and then you know, that's it, I mean that's the thing like I think for her that's like the next step because I mean, like, let's say, like, like being an actress, you know, is is very hard. I think in this business, in the business, because you you there's so many of them out there, and it's just it's so hard to get like anywhere and get a foothold. I mean, like, and I'm, I'm she was climbing so uh, to me very rapidly in the in the the time spans. Sure, you know, I think she definitely she definitely used her popularity to her advantage. Yes, and I and that's not a bad thing. I mean. It, you're absolutely 100% right. For women in any industry, especially the entertainment industry, it's hard because for most part, you have a window of opportunity. You're, you, there's a problem with ageism in Hollywood where if you hit a certain age, you, there's no roles for you. You go from leading actress to mom or mm-hmm. funny aunt. Mm-hmm. For actors, you become leading man to dad. You know, look at Kevin Costner. He goes from a leading actor to becoming Superman's dad and becoming a father figure to a lot of other characters. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so for and a woman, sp- especially like how many women that we know in the 80s, like Michelle Pfeiffer or, you know, um, Kathleen Turner, that once they got to a certain age, they disappeared because no one wanted to hire them mm-hmm. because no one would want you. You got the hot young actor no one would buy it was amazing that you could find the older mature Bruce Willis who could be 50 it was more acceptable for him to be falling in love with a 20 something year old leading actress than it would be for a 20 something year old actor to fall in love with a 40 something year old woman right you know it was it's just and it's an unfortunate side effect of being in Hollywood that you have a window of your face is your 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 window Mm -hmm. and the moment your face starts to go the less people want to see of it. So for Olivia to one, so, and, and I would say like any actor and actress, you eventually become more powerful if you can create rather than star it. So, I mean, if she has ideas, like I read her back, her autobiography, it's very entertaining and very funny. I, I highly recommend it if you're a, a reader, hmm. but I could totally see it. Like, you know, like she's, she's got a name. She's got a little bit of a reputation. She's still active on social media. She's still, still nerdy you know i saw the video of her swinging her her psylocke sword around and hitting the wall 
you know. But then she follows it up with her in a bikini on the back of a boat, just kind of casually scrolling through her phone, still looking great. Mm. So she's still there and she's still present. And so why not? Like if she can go, okay, you know what? I, you know what? For an inaugural attack of the show, her and Kevin back together for like a week. And then during that week, everyone's going to watch. Everyone's going to pay their money. And then they're going to slowly bring in, like, I would like to see Allison Hayslip, Hayslip come back. You know, like, how, what's she doing now? Like, but again, I'm, I'm from the old guard. They're going to have to bring in some new people. And those new people are going to carry the torch. But before that, you need the, like, Livy will be like, okay, well, this week, maybe she'll have, like, she'll come on, like, once a month with, like, her own little, little thing. But then... From executive producer Olivia Munn, we've got tech talk with whatever, you know. So, like, you're right. There, There's probably – it's more lucrative for her to be on the creative side than it is on the visual side, you know. So, I mean, the right deal – money talks, let's face it. I mean, what she – if if she could do producing at home, you know, instead of not having to worry about acting, why not? Right. You know? You know, yeah. I kind of, I kind of think. Uh, either way, I'm excited because G Force coming back in some way. That's yeah, I mean, that's I, the I, I, that's I, the first thing you should get from this article is the fact, that, like that tease that we got a couple weeks ago or a week ago, wherever it was, you know, was was there, and then all of a sudden now, like like there's now more talk about this, and you're going, oh my god, like 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 now somebody's taking this serious. Somebody's taking this seriously. Like, like this is actually going to happen, and you're going, oh, oh, oh man, and I'm like. I mean, to be honest with you, I I really don't care if Olivia Munn or or uh, no, yeah. you know what? I I know nope. I, you know, I was gonna say that, and I I I'm backtracking now on that because, yeah, you know what? I I do want to see like, um, Munn and 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 uh, Pereira back together again as a team. That would be that would be awesome. Because you know, because it's a missed opportunity to not have the two of them on again. Because Kevin is such a he's definitely going to say like oh my god what happened like olivia goes on to become a movie star and, and stuff kevin's still working on basic cable you know for the most part i mean so i mean was, he's been he's been on youtube and that's the thing i mean like i i i, I think i told you like a couple months ago months well, more, right. more a few months ago now that i was watching uh kevin Pereira interviewing everybody from g4 that he could i guess find and talk about like what happened and what their story was and how they got there and it was like you know like uh he talked to um uh, morgan webb and um the other co-star i can't think of his name right adam, now adam sessler adam sessler i mean they talk, he talked to him individually he didn't talk to him together you know as a team right but they, they like, you know, and, and they sat down and, and chatted with him for like an hour, you know, and, and just like, you know, and it's it's kind of like old times in a way. It was just, it was great to see this interaction of, of them talking, you know, and then how like what happened and stuff like that. And I'm it's just like and I'm, I'm you know, and, and like everybody still like comes up to uh, 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 what's his name? The the guy who did the films on DVD Day. Uh, I can't think of the Chris general. Moore. Chris Yes. He's he wanted to do a documentary uh what what happened because yeah, it's a Kickstarter program and, and who knows that might still be in the works because how great would it be to launch the new streaming service of G4 with a documentary on the old G4 yeah and I like say like, like he's, he's, he said over and over again like how many times people have told him like like I've watched the show and I can't believe it's gone the whole system's gone and blah, blah, blah the whole challenge's gone and all 
and 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 you go, you know, well, where where were you supporting it? I'm like, well, I was watching it. I don't know what else to do, you know. And that's the thing. Like like other people have made decisions to destroy it, and and you know, yeah. so it'd be great to see a lot of these people. And like even some of the stuff, like 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 way back when, like like when Pringles had the cheat, you know, like. And, and, and I forget the, the there was another guy who used to do it, and then they got an actress uh, to do it for a while, and she was doing it. And they used to do a list movie, and it was a I, a, I forget her name, but then they they it was Ostrowski that took over for that, you know. And you know, like those those shows, even you know, G Four TV, you know, like when they uh, they they used to have that talk show, they used to talk about games and stuff. They have people call in yeah. and you know, and answer questions, you know, it was like a, like a, like a forum, like, you know, like they just that those kind of things. Like, like you could do like a Twitch type of thing where you could be watching a video game for an hour, you know, like type of thing. And like I said, right. there's, there's an audience for it because I keep seeing it like in different spots, like all of a sudden, like, like, you know, it just pops up like on Pluto. There's a, there's a channel. That's all it does is pl- watches the video game. And I'll actually catch myself watching a, a game because I'm like, right. I'm curious of what it looks like. I'm like, oh, they got this game. Let me see what it looks like. And now I'll, I'll play. I'll watch it for like like 20 bits. Going, oh, that was pretty cool. Like maybe I'll get that game. You know, and and you know those kind of things. So so it's like you know like like video game companies should be like supporting this channel. Like you know just because it's like it's a commercial for you guys. Like you know like sure. you, know, you know play your games and stuff. You know even even like the Twitch stuff and all. So it's the same like like. So there's a market out there, and I'm like, 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 if they have new people, I'm okay with it. You know, as long as they, their personalities are something that I can relate to, or, or, or right. you that's, know, yeah, that's where the problem is. It's where okay, how it might be one of those cases where you and I become the old guys on the lawn going, "That ain't my G4," because <laughs> I, I feel like the the show, the station would be beneficial if you have what they would call the 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 influencers now for the most part like have well that's a, that's the thing like i mean like i know you've seen from from your previous job you know like we used to watch a thing every day and it would loop around every hour you know uh-huh. and i remember going into the store and watching the video sometimes and they brought some people in that you kind of know um, like I remember one time and I, and, and I, and this is, this is all kind of like from memory. He used to be like in the eighties, a guy that used to do kids, uh, uh, shows, uh, um, like, um, game shows. Uh, and I can't think of the guy's name and it doesn't matter. It's not important. Okay. Okay. But he was, he was talking about video games and this is, I'm, I'm, I'm talking like this was years ago. This was something I saw years ago, but it was on the screen of this store I was in and he was promoting a game, you know, like that was, that was his thing. And like, that's like, that's where he's relative to, because he did a lot of kids shows. Like there, it was, it was a, it was an Island show where he had to go against this like T God and, um, you know, yeah, it double dare. it's kind of like a double dare in a way, but it, you right. know, I can't, it was like JT something like the guy, the guy named right. a blonde haired guy, you know, like he's like, you very young and, like I said, it was right. it was it was a competition between two kids that were probably between twelve to seven, sixteen years old that would play on these shows, you know, kind of thing, and they compete with questions and doing obstacles and stunts and stuff like that. And he, but now he, that's what he's is he's promoting games. So the 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 point I'm trying to tell you of all this is that like they got to find the right face, and that's that's the problem with a lot sure. of these products. Like they have great ideas, like um, 
I watch this one every once in a while on YouTube, Sci-Fi Wire. And Sci-Fi Wire will have a video of talking about a show or something like that uh, about it. And they've tried to do, like, for a video, it's okay. You know, like, for a YouTube video, it's fine. But when you do, like, they try to do it on TV, like, to talk about it, it's very difficult to translate because the personality that you're using is this nerdy person, but that's not the right person for the show. Right, you know, so as I'm saying, like, right. like not not any nerd will, get, will will work. Right, and 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 that's and that's the the the, the power of that. Like when you was just hear Sessler rant about a video game, it was like it was nerdy, but yet you you could hand off because you had Olivia, it had um um Morgan Webb next to him, you know, kind of like translating a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like right. it was it was a good good combo. Like it was a good good team for them. You know, Pereira and Munn, you know, like it was comedy, but it was nerdy comedy at the same time. It yeah. worked, you know, and, and, and those and those like people like in those industries could work. And that's that's the like, thing. So you got to find personalities that will translate well into the future for G4 that like, you know, OK, Munn and, and, and Pereira only do it for a week or whatever or for, you know, like a month, you know, to get the get the get this channel launched. You know, and 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 you know, get get viewerships in, and then they to try and switch it over with these new people, and you go, okay, great, now we're we're going to survive. But like I said, you like unless you don't have the, like those kind of personalities, it's not going to do well. Right. But I'll I'll probably still watch it because it's like you know, like I used to love that channel. I mean, I spent hours, more hours than I care to admit. Watching yeah. Probably what I'm going to do is um after we get done the show. I'm probably going to look on the Roku channel to see if I can find any old Attack of the Show type clips. <clears throat> you know, uh, I'm like, because now I'm kind of itch- I'm kind of itching to watch some of the old stuff because talking about it makes me think about all the fun those shows were. And even if I have to fall down a rabbit hole of YouTube of like best of Attack of the Show, I'm going to watch them tonight because I love that that show so much or just that channel. It was just it's. I am I'm very excited and I'm very hopeful that it's next year is going to be a good year for G4. <laughs> <laughs> uh I mean that's it Ed. I got a couple other articles but most of them are kind of fluff pieces. There is another one I'll probably bring up next week. Um it has to deal with Fortnite, Apple and Google all in a pissing contest. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, three rich companies trying to get more money out of each other. It's <laughs> it's interesting. I'm, I I actually it's, it's interesting. I, I'll bring it next week. Maybe we'll have more discussion because it's, it's getting kind of late. So I know that people are going. They're still talking. So I figured <laughs> let's put a pin in it and we'll pick it up next week as always. So thanks for listening. If you haven't, go to our Facebook page, Geeksters Radio, and give us a like. Go to oh I'm sorry. <laughs> because <laughs> because now, now 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 i'm i'm sick because i you know my tv sits in front of me it's on you know kind of thing and i went to youtube i'm starting to look up g4 tv <laughs> my tv's behind me and i'm like i was gonna start typing i'm like you know what i'll wait till we're done <laughs> all this all this talk they got me into it but if you want to follow us on twitter you can you can go to i don't even know <laughs> It's at Geeksters, isn't it? That's right. <laughs> Clearly, I'm bringing this one home. I'm pulling this one into the parking lot. <laughs> uh, of course, as always, if you want to contact me or Ed or just the show in general, 
You can start by contacting Ed at ed at wordswithgeeks.com. Or you can contact Sean at sean at wordswithgeeks.com. That's S-H-A-W-N. Excelsior. That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, yeah, though. It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. It was terrible. Get him away. Hey, boo. Boo. 